Ladies and gentlemen, this is Zach Eastman. The tragedy today in Orlando demands we take a brief pause from our show. And for a moment, let us think that there are 50 people fallen, 53 wounded, and hundreds of families suffering. What you can do is check your nearest blood bank and keep updated through the city of Orlando on how you can help out the families and the victims. There is a verse in America the Beautiful that sums it all up. America, America, God shed his grace on thee, and crown thy good with brotherhood, from sea to shining sea, and crown thy good with brotherhood. That is our heritage. Let us live up to it. Connecting to the real nerds is so easy. You can go to our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can like us on Facebook. We have a Twitter account, at Real Nerds. We also have Instagram. You can call us, 720-6nerds5. You want to email us? You can do that, too, realnerds at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic Con. Denver Comic Con happens next week. Make sure you get your tickets. It is June 17th through the 19th. You will see the Real Nerds there doing panels, doing interviews. So come by and say hi. We are near Artist Alley. I'm excited. This is going to be a weird year. If, if you're looking for us, there's an Xfinity Media outlet. We will be by Xfinity. <laughs> we will be next to it. Yes. <laughs> so if you want to come and talk on the show, please do, because we will be there. Uh, we'll talk to anybody. Yeah. And we're really looking forward to it. We're going to have... Um, I and mean, there's I'll, an outsider's chance that I'm going to be doing a really cool panel. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're going to have you know a lot of the normal stuff that we've got. You, know, you can come and get stickers and all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, we are also going to have limited releases of, uh, of T-shirts. Um, they're awesome this year. If you didn't get a chance to message us online and like and 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 order one, um, there will still be some there. In in, uh, in you know, fifteen bucks each. Uh, ten dollars each. Ten dollars each. Yeah, ten dollars each. Um, which is basically me selling them just slightly above cost. Uh, <laughs> you don't have to tell people that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just. I, I. We don't need to know your profit margin. <laughs> no, no, I've made them as as cheap as I possibly can. Um, like every year. Yeah. Oh yeah. Always have. Yeah. Um. I think there was one year, now that we're getting to a place where we're selling more, actually the price has gone down, so there was a year where I made them 12, because we were only printing 30 yeah. shirts or something. Um, so anyway, um, they're really cool. you got to come check them out. Um, but they're going to be very limited, um, if there's enough demand. So you know what we'll question I'm going to ask Ralph Macchio and C. Thomas Howe? What? Which one of you started the fire in the church? <laughs> That that that's an outsider's joke. I was gonna say, is that uh, is that Saint Elmo's fire? What, is that what that's from? No, that's a man in motion. <laughs> cool. No laughs for man in motion. God, no, you guys no, suck. No, I'm, close I'm, your eyes. I, I can yeah. I can feel Saint Elmo's fire burning in me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this week on Real Nerds Podcast, Brad is shooting a movie, so Zach's filling in for Brad. Hi, yep. Zach. Hey. And the person who's uh, talking to hawking our T-shirts is James. <laughs> Sorry, that's my job. Yep. <laughs> Every week, the real nerds go see a new movie. We podcast our experience to the world. Some weeks we go see three new movies. Yeah, because <laughs> um, because Ryan's a jerk. Yep. Just to get that off the bat. Totally. Or I'm not the jerk. It's the programmers showing Warcraft are jerks. <laughs> 
I'm not joking. So I looked at <coughs> so Alamo is only showing it twice, which is yeah. fine. They have a small smaller theater. Well, and and it's because one nobody's... of those is the eleven o'clock show, right? Yeah, yeah. Part of it is no one is going to see Warcraft, so no one is going to sh- show Warcraft. Right? And then like, the theaters by my house, the AMC on Bowls is showing it more like six times, but it wasn't showing another one till a lot later. And then the Denver West one by me is showing it only like five times. Yeah. Unless I want to see it in IMAX 3D and I don't want right. to spend $18 on the movie. Yeah. Um, um, yeah but yeah, it, so James saw Warcraft. I did. Zach's a pop star, Never Stop, Never Stopping. <laughs> yeah. And I went and saw The Conjuring 2. All right, so it's a fascinating week. Three totally different <laughs> films. Yeah. Um, take your pick. Take your pick. <laughs> so yeah, like I said, we talk about movie news, what's going on uh, on Blu-rays. Stuff we've been watching, and then our feature film reviews. reviews. We spoil the movies, so make sure if you want to see them. Um, but we'll, uh, for this week, we'll A, give ample warning, and B, uh, hopefully we can try to spoil them as least as po- you know, the least as possible, so considering that each of us saw a movie that none of the rest of us have seen. Yeah, well, <laughs> right? the, thing, the thing, too, is I, uh, I was going to do my whole thing like I did with Zootopia, where I let you guys talk about London Has Fallen for a long time, <laughs> and then <laughs> drop it on you that I saw Zootopia. Yeah. Um, but James was asking me too many questions before we started, so... Honestly, it's because this... I mean, we'll get to it later, but this is going to be a really difficult movie for me to review, and I, I desperately needed someone else to see this movie, especially somebody who hasn't spent the last 20 years inside of uh of warcraft lo- whoa hey <laughs> inside of warcraft uh lore well i was saying you're a boy inside of a man's body uh, okay okay all right okay sure you sure, let me sure finish my are. joke sure i wow if that was the joke dude that's why i didn't let you finish it. i know you didn't laugh at my say almost fire man in motion joke. Uh, say almost fire was my joke Thank well you, you said say almost fire and i said man in motion because that's the name of the song yeah I've maybe never... we should play 30 seconds of song so people know what i'm talking <laughs> no, about no 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 we're not <laughs> It doesn't matter. matter. I'm still going to be the guy with late jokes going like, I can feel it burning in me. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I was as clever. (laughs) So it'll be rough. Hopefully somebody else goes and sees Warcraft in the next few weeks so that I have someone to talk about this movie with because I'm, I mean, we'll we'll get to the review eventually, but I'm very confused. (laughs) (laughs) And I had a great time. It's doesn't seem like a movie that's confusing, James. It's well, orcs and humans and orcs fighting. You'd think so. <laughs> you know, I guess I don't know. You don't know, do you? Um, I don't. Yeah, so that's this week. What else do we do, Ren? Yeah, that's it. Okay. You know, that's that's how we roll. Yeah, I've been doing this long enough, I know. Oh, I will say, too, uh, DC, uh, DC, Denver Comic Con did announce a new panel, and it's all the DC editorial <laughs> staff, so all their big head honchos are coming out oh, wow. to talk about uh, DC Comics Rebirth. So You'd be like, hey guys, look at this new logo. What's everybody think? Nice. <laughs> uh, so hopefully it'll work for them. Uh, it is cool. The one thing I do like about uh, DC's Rebirth is they're going back to the original numbering and yeah. re- embracing their previous canon again, yeah. which I think makes sense because the new 52 started out good and then everyone's like, this stuff sucks. Uh, why, is this, why does Wonder Woman have pants? Yeah. I mean, that just on. goes against everything Wonder Woman is. Yeah. Yeah. Pants. But if you're looking for a great place to pick up your DC Comics Rebirth, make sure you head to my uh, Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics in Arvada. Say hi to Andrew, and he will tell you he doesn't like DC. (laughs) (laughs) 
Welcome to, Cor- welcome to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. We hate DC. <laughs> <laughs> well, How can I take your order? <laughs> uh, they don't. He, it, to be fair, he still has a very large it's, selection of DC comics. It's still a great place to buy your DC comics. And if you like them, then heck, Andrew will make sure you get them. Yep. Begrudgingly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I won't say this on air. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. But I've seen Andrew converse with people who love DC very enthusiastically. <laughs> I believe it. But he does. like He loves Gotham Academy, and that's a DC property. Yeah. So they have some redeeming. I love Batgirl. He's an open-minded guy. He is. Yeah. I love Batgirl. It's I awesome. Batgirl of Burnside. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, let's start the show with movie news. Cool. It's real news. You better have it ready, James. Oh, I do. It's I'm not right gonna here. sit here all freaking night waiting for it. I do. Um, here's a there's a, there's a few like quick things in here that I'll I'll run through. Um, Scott Derrickson this week uh, tweeted about the fact that he's gonna be at Denver or not Denver Comic Con. Oh, 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 dude, wouldn't that be? I, I love me some Scott oh, Derrickson. Man, sorry. I was gonna bring him no. Hellraiser Five Bloodline to sign. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna be at uh, San Diego Comic Con this year. Um, and from some of the responses, it sounds like James is going to be there too, um, which may seem like may seem mean that that uh, Disney's going to have Marvel start Marvel Studios start to have a, a presence in in uh, at, at at I bet they're going to San Diego Comic Con again. Uh, who Michael Keaton's playing in Spider Man? Oh, maybe yeah. The other one's like pretty sure it's the Vulture, but because um, for the past couple of years with with D twenty three, they've been like they they were pulling out and and Comic Con was getting a lot smaller, um, which personally I think is fine. Like I I. As as kind of cool as it was there for a while to have so many movies doing all this stuff there, um, it wasn't like I don't know. It, it just felt like it was turning it into something that it wasn't. Um, you know, like why why were there big panels about the Twilight movies there and like long lines of people waiting to hear about the new Twilight movie? Like it just <laughs> didn't make sense. Um, but Marvel Studios needs to be there, um, so I think it's cool. Um, I saw the fangirls at that uh, particular Twilight. It was the New Moon panel. Oh yeah, when I went to D, uh, SDCC that year. Yeah, <clears throat> they were chasing after um, what's his face his car Robert Pattinson's yeah. car. Yeah, really, for Robert Pattinson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, at least he's got something going for him. Uh, <laughs> uh, not Ryan, just a foot face. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Um, he's almost as much of a foot as that kid from the Hunger Games, like the the, the bread dude. Mm-hmm. Looks like a oh, foot. Peter. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Ryan, can you explain to me what Twenty Four Legacy is? What is it? It is a spinoff of the Twenty Four franchise, starring uh, some new kid, and it's basically oh, okay. just making. They're going to make more 24, but yeah, without Kiefer Sutherland. Without Kiefer Sutherland. Though he might, I, I saw that he might like cameo in it. Yeah, really I'm sure quick. Well, I think he's um, an executive producer on it. Yeah. It's made by all the same people who made 24. Yeah. And I think it's just because, I mean, you've had. You tell a new story. Yeah, yeah. Nine seasons of 24. Right. And I mean, I love Jack Bauer, but <laughs> tell a new story. It's fine. Right. We can I mean, I, I, yeah. Because, I, I mean, how many episodes? So 24 times eight, and then the. The ninth season was only 12 episodes. So, yeah. I mean, whatever that is. <laughs> I was going to say. Let's like, wait. That's, we... that's 32. So, 192 episodes. You said you were real nerds, not math nerds. <laughs> right. Now I'm going to yeah. do this because I think that's wrong, too. <laughs> no, I think it's 192. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, 
As soon as you started doing the math, I was like, dude, don't do math on a podcast. This is tor- tor- uh, it's terrible. 192, guys. Like nice, I was right. Nicely done, sir. Nicely plus done. Plus 10. So, yes. or, so plus 12. So it's 204 episodes of Kiefer Sutherland. Yes, Hanya. Very smart. Shut up. <laughs> um, so uh, this week in the grand opus of What Are Women Ruining Next? Um, they're gonna make My life. They're gonna, <laughs> they're, they're gonna make a version of Ocean's Eleven that's an all female cast. Oh, this okay. is old news. No, it's it's totally fine. Yeah, I'm I'm just being sarcastic. <laughs> like, seriously, I honestly, the only thing about this that bugs me is like, hey, how come women can't just like be in a cool heist movie? How come we gotta like make a? Oh well, we're gonna do this, but with um. But with the, all women. Like, uh, that's the, the pitch. Women is are like, in a cool heist movie. It's called Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nicely done, sir. Um, yeah, it's, man, just watching the internet, man, it's, it's, it's stupid. Um, the uh, Mallrats is going to be a TV show, I guess, is, is, is sort of where we're going now. Okay. Um, I don't know. So was Hit Somebody, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I want him to make that movie. I want him to stop making shit that looks like garbage. Stop doing, stop doing all the weed, um, and make some make those good movies that I've I've longed for for a while now. You don't want Tusk too, no. And honestly, <laughs> after watching the trailer for for Yoga Hosers, I don't want that either. Um, like, oh god, I was kind of turned around by the trailer for Yoga Hosers. Oh no, I was on board with Yoga Hosers till I saw the trailer and was like, what the fuck is this dog shit? I was kind of like, okay, I'll bite. What do you got? I mean, I'll see it. Yeah. Uh, oh no, I'm gonna see it. I can't not see it. I don't know that if anyone made a movie that had uh, bratwurst Nazis in it, I think I'd have to see uh, it. Bratzies? Bratzies, yes. Right, exactly. Um, I think I'd have to see it, the, but the, it is not what I want out of Kevin Smith, by no. far. Mm. Right? As a follow-up to his magnum opus Red State, which is a masterpiece of a film, he has never even touched it again. Like... Hit somebody was him talking like the guy who made Red State of like I have this thing that I love. Here's a great story. It's driven by characters, and there's a thing at the heart of it that I really love and care about. I was like, fuck yeah! Like, and it's got a Warren Zevon song in it. I am there. And then he's never made that movie, and I'm sad. Anyway, yeah. Uh, I mean, so of the Flash, people like I don't know. I was, I, I don't I've know, never seen the Flash. Yeah. I, uh, from what I from what I've seen of the Flash, I, I think that people like the Flash no matter what happens on the Flash. Um, the uh, you can run fast, James. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if confirmed is the right word. So the story here is that uh, John Williams is is finishing up doing the score for BFG right now, um, and there was a big news story this week where John Williams basically said like, "Hey, I'm going to do the next Star Wars movie, provided that I can." Um, every sentence he, every time that you talk to John Williams these days, he always says like, if I can, I'm going to do this, which is like this terrible way of John Williams to say like, if I'm still alive, I'm going to do Star Wars, which I just don't want to talk about. Like, <laughs> I don't want to live in a world where we have to deal with the fact that John Williams is going to die someday. Listen guys, I'm old and, <laughs> yeah. um, and honestly, I bet if it weren't for the fact that it's Steven Spielberg, the dude would retire. Like if people didn't come, keep coming back to him going like, uh, Steven called, or hey, we're gonna make a Star Wars movie. He's like, oh, man, come on, guys! Like, would you please leave me alone? I'd like to like garden and spend time <laughs> with the rest of my family. Um, but unfortunately, he's you know the greatest film composer ever. ever. <laughs> <laughs> so there's no argument, James. No, I know. <laughs> um, well, like in the back of my head, I was like, well, you know, maybe some of the old. No, no, it doesn't matter. Like, once there's again, other good ones. 
there are other fantastic guys, yeah. Um, but most most fantastic composers have one or two great scores in their life. Like when I look back at them, there's like, I mean, really what? top score, like very special, unforgettable scores. Dude, his score to Hook is better than most people's scores. Um, you keep on going back to Hook. Jim. Hook's really Let good. Let it fucking go. Hook is really good, it and the score really to Hook, Rufio, really good, really good. The score to Hook is amazing. Better, better than the vast majority of Hans Zimmer's scores. I love his uh, Bam. Catch Me If You Can score. Yeah. Oh, gosh, it's so good. See, but, see, me, and that's, that's, that's us not even talking about Star Wars, Indiana Jones, or Superman. Or Jaws. Or Jaws. Or Rated. Jurassic Park. Like, anyway, he's really good. List, Saving Private Ryan, Munich. Yeah, it's, it's really good. These are things he's done. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Um, so the reason that it was news was because he had he'd said like, oh, and then I'll come back for Indiana Jones 5 too if that happens. Um, and of course, then everybody's like, he's coming back for Indiana Jones 5. Meanwhile, there's not really been any news about Indiana Jones 5 lately. It's probably uh, going to happen. Like, it's going to happen. They said Spielberg and Harrison Ford are going to be in it. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, they, have, they have a date. Yeah, the it'll release happen. date is 2019. It'll happen. I, I believe it'll happen. I'm just saying. It wasn't really news. <laughs> um <laughs> It's, it's it's fucking happening. It's, James. An, it's an old man who was talking in an interview and said, "Yeah, I'll do that." <laughs> like, okay. And Disney said, "Yeah, here's a bunch of money." Right. Oh, totally, absolutely. Um, I hope he searches for the lost city of Atlantis. I don't care what he searches for, as long as it's like character driven and has cool action scenes, and as long as George Lucas has no part in it at all. <laughs> Honestly, like, man, <sighs> everything that Stephen said about that movie—he's my best friend, Stephen. Um, mm. We're very close. Um, everything that he said about Kingdom of the Crystal Skull before C- Crystal Skull came out was like, oh, man, he gets it. He totally gets it. He's like, everything's going to be practical, and we're going to do it like this. And then he went and made the movie, and it came out, and everybody went, wait, Steven, what happened? And the only thing I can assume is George Lucas happened. I'm sorry. Anyway, uh, very last thing is uh, we're going to get the we're going to get that sequel to The Passion of the Christ that everybody's been waiting for. Mm. Shit, uh, finally! <laughs> you know, it, it's actually funny because I remember when Passion of the Christ came out, uh, of course I went and saw it, and, and afterwards my mom was like, why make a movie about, like, the least fun part of the story? Like, <laughs> why not tell the fun parts of the story where, like, the dude gets to... Because it's a, controversial. Com- well... <sighs> It's also like where Mel, a two things. One, this was during the time where Mel Gibson was a heavy alcoholic, um, and two, it's also because he's a like deep Catholic. Like it, you know, there's a lot to that. Um, but you know, like we can't tell like the story about him telling a nice story or helping no. people. Like, come on, there's no drama in that. There totally can be. Jim Caviezel dragging no. a cross through the city and bleeding <laughs> everywhere in slow motion for three hours is... There is... Uh, is that movie three well, hours long? True. It fucking feels like uh, it. <laughs> it's two I hours agree. and 20 minutes. I haven't, I haven't watched it since, since I saw it. You know, I actually think his Apocalypto is way better. Oh, yeah. Oh, Apocalypto is a great movie. I, yeah. I mean, I think Passion of the Christ is actually pretty good, but my favorite part of pretty it is good. the first 10 minutes. <laughs> um, like the... The, that opening sequence in the in the garden is the best part. Like that's why yeah. for me, I want that. Dude, go tell go tell the story of Jesus going into the desert and arguing with the devil for however many days. Like that's a that's a movie, man. They made that. It was called the Last Temptation of Christ. I want to talk to you. <laughs> I don't want to remember talk to the Last you. Temptation of Christ when Jesus gets in there and starts punching everybody. <laughs> I used to believe in love, but now I believe in this. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, that's not quite what I meant. But anyway, um, James just doesn't get Bible movies. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait till we get the DVD releases. Uh, anyway, uh, oh, and I, I, I guess because we're not reviewing the movie really now, uh, this is kind of news that Warcraft is going to bomb in America. Going to make two hundred million dollars in the first weekend, though, or uh, well, more than that. Um, because it's like blowing up overseas, mm. um, like one of the biggest releases or the biggest release yeah, in China, China ever. For sure. Um, yeah, it's crazy. It just passed uh, whatever huge movie came out there and everyone loved. I forget. Avatar? No. It was recent. Uh, Avengers? Maybe. Transformers? No. Um, yeah, so it'll do 25 million. No, the Chinese people have good taste in movies, so the Transformers <laughs> definitely did not. <laughs> hey, hey. Uh so yeah, it'll do like twenty five million this weekend in the U.S. and then, or in the first two days, it'll do what forty for the weekend, something mm. like that is what they're predicting. In the um, U.S., no, it did twenty four point four. Oh, weekend. I thought I thought that the twenty four was just through yesterday. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, anyway, um, and then it'll, you know, it, it do something ridiculous overseas, yeah. and with the budget that it has, they'll make a sequel, which honestly is what I want. So uh, yeah, maybe you have to go to China to see it. No, 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 no. What, what I expect <laughs> will happen is. Blizzard will make enough money. They also Blizzard has enough money that they could this movie could flop and they could make another one. They sleep on large piles of money at night. Yeah, they do. <laughs> uh, like when you actually go look into how much money World of Warcraft has made that company, it's it's the numbers are staggering. I don't I don't know how you spend that much money. They're so smart um, too. I, before my movie, as at Regal, and they're showing a thing. It's like if you buy a ticket to World of War, Warcraft, we'll give you World of Warcraft for free for a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotta hit that vein, man. Yeah. Gotta get you going. I've been sober for five years now. I'm not going back. <laughs> Though this weekend was really tempting, and I played a lot of regular Warcraft. Um, like I went and found like this weird Russian download of the 1996 Warcraft game uh, and played it for most of yesterday. Mm. Um, I was like watching movies and playing old Warcraft, um, which is a terrible game if you play it these days. Uh, but I just like I wanted it's the story. It's a bird. That's <laughs> <laughs> from Russia. <laughs> Any Iron Man two fans in here? <laughs> yes. Is this on? Yeah. No. I, I got. I got you. I got you. Not um, my bird. If you could. If you could. <laughs> if you could dan- dance like Sam Rockwell, we'd, we'd be rolling you in the know money. It. Uh, I'd pay anyway. twenty bucks to see Ryan do the Justin Hammer dance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, that's news. What's coming out on Blu-ray? DVD releases and Blu-rays. Dude, this week. I know. This is a good week, man. I'm only getting three movies because I ordered them all together. And by doing that, I saved like $15 on ordering them. Oh, wow. Um, I I ended up getting... I think all four of the of the big movies I wanted from last week. I just yeah. walked. I was I was at a Walmart and then a Best Buy. I think that's the way. I did. Yeah, anyway, um, and just like came upon them and was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna get. The, I need Hail Caesar and I, mm-hmm. I need Zootopia and I need, yeah. Anyway, it was a good week. Uh, this week I'll be getting Ten Cloverfield Lane. Um, <sighs> easily one of the best movies of the year so far. Yep. Uh, oh, Mary Elizabeth Winston, and that's so good. Yeah. Have you seen? But, but is John Goodman? That has to be an early Oscar performance. Oh, absolutely. I have so. And him, I don't know if you've seen this cover, but it's basically the poster, only they've got uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead yes. and John Goodman. John Goodman looks so badass on this cover. <laughs> um, you know, it's does, so like, good. Do you know how great his performance is in that? He does this breathing where he's like... <sighs> oh, oh. 
Yes. When he's like getting mad and wants to say something to people. No, it's like uh, it's like Dan Connor when he's run too 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 much, right? Like that's <laughs> that's the that's the sound. That's like a when in Roseanne did Dan Connor run too much? I don't know. Every now and then, I think he yeah, he's like oh. There gosh, are I moments know. when he did heavy breathing, but I don't remember him ever running. <laughs> Roseanne just found out that I cheated. <sighs> but like, how, oh, uh, how creepy is you is, had to bring up the worst <laughs> part of Roseanne. <laughs> What is wrong with I'm hey, sorry, I'm gonna hey, give him shit for this. It never happened. What is wrong with you? Nope, it, never, it never happened. I live in a world where that never happened. Thank you. Remember anyway. how creepy he was after he killed that one guy and then he came back and he was Spoilers. all shaved and clean looking and, oh, oh, gosh. and he hands her the ice cream. And, oh, it's so good. Oh it's so good. Yeah, you uh, should see that movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, all four Born movies are getting a Blu ray uh, collection. Uh, I have uh, the Born trilogy and I'm good. Yeah, me too. Uh, actually, I have all four because I got. Do you really? Yeah, I got Legacy for a dollar. Um, the uh, the Young Messiah is getting its Blu-ray release this week. So remember in uh, the Born Supremacy or no? <laughs> what, which one was it? Born Legacy. Born Legacy. Born Legacy. Yeah. Where it really starts getting going and then it fucking ends. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say, remember where where you're 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 cooking along and you've had a really cool action scene and the story's starting to pick up and then it just stops. They're on a boat. <laughs> You're like, oh, we must be on our way to the finale of the film. Like, they're going to have some mm-hmm. big action scene on some island somewhere or something. Cool. Wait, why are the credits rolling? Yep. <laughs> what? It, wait. And I even wait. stay till after the credits. I'm like, there has to be another scene. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, whatever. Yep. Good for Jeremy Renner. More disappointing than duplicity. Uh, so, yeah, The Young Messiah is getting its uh, Blu-ray release this week. Um, so, if you... If you like Anne Rice, to the see author that. of... <laughs> Interview with a Vampire. Then. I guess I need to see it. I saw the other one, and it was all right. Sure. Um, it's interesting that Risen came out last week on Blu-ray, right? Or two weeks ago? Yeah. No, yeah, it was last week. Um, for the reason. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sally Fields, Hello, My Name is Doris, is getting its Blu-ray release this week, um, which was a kind of neat-looking one. Um, hey, do you remember Eddie the Eagle? Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> that movie was great. It's getting its Blu-ray release. Yeah, that was a fun movie. Yeah, totally worth checking out. So if you haven't seen that, that'll be one of the ones I get when it's like seven ninety nine. Yes, not that absolutely. I don't. Not that I don't. I mean, no, it's just a movie you're going to watch I, once, right? Yeah, like it's not, not that a movie I don't that, mind paying more for it. But no, yeah. Well, especially know. right now when you're like my budget for for movies this yeah, week is, exactly. or this month is going to be like yeah, exactly a thousand dollars. I still have Comic Con coming up. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, Airport, the complete collection. So I still have to find a way to be... explain to my wife I'm going to spend $100 on a Spider-Man comic. I don't, <laughs> I don't need to have a bunch of movies either. Honey, I, I, I lost $100. I, I, I thought it was in my pocket. It's just not here. I don't know where it went. Hey, I found this Spider-Man comic. <laughs> I know I did just get the first appearance of Shocker. <laughs> dude. I'll show oh, it to you. Dude, thank you. Yeah, please. Um, the Sinister Shocker. <laughs> Uh, really man. quickly, if, nobody, he, if nobody's ever seen an airport movie, they should watch one. Yeah, just, I have never seen an airport movie. Just out of movie. sheer curiosity. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this collection's got Airport, Airport 1975, Airport 77, and The Concord, Airport 1979. Yeah. yeah so uh, airport it, 77 had Karen Black in it, right? Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. So if you're ever wondering how John Romita makes a shocker look cool, yeah. make sure you see Amazing Spider-Man 66 <laughs> with the first appearance of him. Does where he, he's like blasting a pillar and Spider-Man's jumping from it. And it says, the, uh, when you, Marv, who says this is at Marvel's Age of Villains? In this issue, Spidey fights the Sinister Shocker. <laughs> Does he have the awesome costume from the yeah. beginning? Oh, my gosh. They, they also explain that why be, he needs it. That must be the most like perfectly created comic book villain of all time, right? Like yeah. Every other comic book villain, you go back to the first introduction of the character and you're like... 
why is he wearing like weird Peter Pan boots and like his face is all screwed up and weird or and, like his uh, costume is rainbow colors. The Green Goblin hires Spider-Man to be in a movie. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Um, and flies on a broomstick, not a goblin glider. Yeah. But the shocker with one of the greatest costumes of all time. Why it's quilted. Oh. <laughs> I, I just James, love, do you want to know why? I love that sense. Why so is it because well, he needs thanks. to reduce the vibrations from his gauntlets? Of course, of course. It's basically a, a, a fabric Faraday cage. I mean, yes. come on, guys. We all know yeah. what's going on here. Well, he kicks um, the crap out of Spider-Man in their first, their first tussle. Because oh Spider-Man gosh. takes him lightly. You do not take the Sinister Shocker lightly. No. Otherwise, you'll get a shock to your system. <laughs> yes. I'm going to shake the earth to its core. <laughs> I don't even think that was a pun. That was just a statement. So, uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming uh, writers, oh, make sure you have the first ten minutes of Spider-Man: Homecoming of him fighting the Shocker. Yeah, and if you need any ideas, costume. if you need any uh, any dialogue ideas, just hit us up. Yeah, we'll work for free. Honestly, I'll, I will. I will hundred percent write you some really killer Shocker dialogue <laughs> for free. Just give me a call. Uh, I just want credits in the movie. You know. Like if you can, it can when the when the writers. I don't. I just want to be on set and give Tom Holland a high five. <laughs> no, no. I, I, <laughs> I want there to be a separate credit at the beginning of the movie that's like written by so and so and so and so. Shocker dialogue by James Hart and Ryan Frost. <laughs> I think that would be fair. I, I mean, I, I think we've 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 put in our dues. I mean, like, you're this. climbing the wall, Spider Man. I'm gonna crack them. <laughs> <laughs> I still want to know who wrote the specific line for Amazing Spider-Man Two when he uh, when Rhino goes, "I am a criminal." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think that was because that was my favorite uh, line in that James movie. Vanderbilt. That was I, I, I hope oh. it was James Vanderbilt. <laughs> Man. Um, Anyways, hey, the <laughs> uh, the the X Files the event series, uh, which is of course your your <laughs> t- TV season of that show, uh, is coming out on Blu-ray this week, uh, and I think there's a. There's a box set of the entire series as well to, to accompany Makes it. Makes sense. So, uh, speaking of box sets, uh, the original series is getting another Blu-ray box set, which is weird since they also just announced that amazing-looking Star Trek set. Oh, yeah, Star you Trek have to set. get the 50th yeah. anniversary like, one. Fuck, I saw this one pop that. up. Yeah, I saw this one pop up, and I was like, why are you doing this? And what's funny is there's a review uh, down here that says, uh, why? I would really like to understand what the difference is between what is being offered now and what is being presented or what has been presented several times over. Uh, on the surface, there really doesn't seem to be any valid reason for uh, me to buy a new set, the original series, blah, blah, blah. And basically what he's saying is like, hey, I've already bought this. Why would I buy it again? And then he, like, he reviews it poorly. I'm like, dude, it's for the people who don't already own it. Well, that too. And if you see it, it's actually cheaper because they did what they did with The Next right. Generation where they make it so... Okay, here's the thing is Brad got Batman 66 and that fancy right. collector's one. I got the one that just comes with the Blu-rays. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You this know, is... so that's what it is. <coughs> yeah, I mean, for $60, you're getting all three seasons? Yeah. Pretty dope. It's, like, that's, that's, not that's not bad. Um, but the one you're talking about comes with all the movies, the animated series, oh, yeah. and all the TV shows, yeah. and it's in this beautiful like black and gold case. Are you yeah. kidding me? Man. I'm not even a fan of the TV show, but... I'm a fan of that box set. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Absolutely. Agreed. You buy it just to spite other nerds. (laughs) Yep. I feel like I mentioned this last week, but it's maybe it's getting released again. Uh, Miles Teller and Anna Kendrick and Brian Cranston have a movie called Get a Job that's coming out on Mm -hmm. Blu-ray this week. 
Uh, it sounds like it was a straight-to-DVD movie, but it's got those two in it, or those three people in a movie makes it, me want to see a movie. It was a split uh, VOD theatrical. Oh, okay. So yeah. that's why. Oh, okay. Neat. Um, the first season of Ballers <laughs> with Dwayne Rock. Rock Johnson. Yep. He plays a agent, a agent who used to play f- football, and it's kind of like a dramedy. And it's, like a spy agent? No, like a sports agent. Okay. So it's it's fun. So that that's a sports thing? Yep. Cool. It's fun. Power Season 2 uh, is coming out. Um, and Oh, speaking of which, have you seen... I saw the first actual trailer for Central Intelligence. Mm-hmm. Dude, The Rock is fantastic. Oh, he's awesome. Uh, why is it that... Like, that's a movie where clearly it was supposed to be like, oh, you take The Rock and you put him with Kevin Hart and Kevin Hart will be funny. And then Kevin Hart's the straight man in this movie. Like, The Rock is the guy oh, who is I think, stealing everything. Well, I think, because the trailer I saw today was they're, like, sitting and they have all these guns on him. He's like, okay, I have a totally cool idea. And if it works, it's going to be oh, totally yes. ballin'. If <laughs> yes. it's not, we're dead. <laughs> yes. Cool. <laughs> it was a really great, other than the trailer starts with this, like, terrible CG fat The Rock getting picked on. And I was like, this is awful. Um, and But then once it just became The Rock's going to be funny... Like this is an awesome movie. Uh, I want to see James, this movie. I'll let you borrow The Rock, the most electrifying man in sports entertainment Blu-ray, and you can watch him like be awesome in front of thirty thousand people. I, Don't watch the the wrestling is whatever, but watch him oh, do okay. interviews. I see what you're saying. Yeah, no, oh. absolutely. Honestly, the trailer is so good it makes me want to watch The Tooth Fairy. Like he is so good in that movie that I'm like, is The Rock always the best thing? Like, mm-hmm. can he make any movie actually really like watch palatable? It. Yeah, I, I would say I, so. I genuinely like either that or what was the one where like he and a little girl play football? Oh, game the game plan. plan. The game plan. Yeah, I, I should I should go watch those movies and go like, oh yeah, t- sure enough, he can make anything into gold. Try watching Pain and Gain again. See what happens. I like Pain and Gain. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, oh, he's great in Pain and Gain. Yeah, yeah he's oh, great. Man. He's <laughs> a great. He's fun. Um, <laughs> that's a Johnny Woo line. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Conan: The Complete Quest. So both the Barbarian and the Destroyer are in a Blu-ray box set this week. Uh, I have all of those. Yep. I'm um, still waiting for Red Sonja on Blu-ray. Keep waiting. So uh, now we're going to get in. We're going to finally get into the horror section this week. Uh, there is a documentary called Blood on the Real, um, which is a documentary about independent horror movies. Um, so maybe check that out. I don't know. Um, Actually, it's right. interesting. Yeah. Um, so Scream Factory this week has got two separate releases. Jeepers Creepers and Jeepers Creepers Two yep. are both getting separate. Uh, First Jeepers Creepers is a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I'm. It's. I've seen both those movies half a dozen times, which is weird. That is weird. Because <laughs> I don't watch those kinds of no. movies. Um, there's something about Jeepers Creepers One that I'm like, this is fun as hell, even yeah. though like I, it doesn't make any sense. It, it is. It is unusual. That, that movie is what I think makes that movie special. He's Justin Long. Uh, that, and it starts off as like this, them being terrorized by this dude in a truck. Yeah. And then it, it turns out it's like this badass creature thing. And it's, so it's yeah. kind of a different kind of movie. It's weird. Like it just doesn't, yeah. yeah. It's like they, they came up with a cool mythos for this weird character. And then the characters interacting with him, like it's not like they come to a mm. house or something. Like it's just, hey, there's a weird back street in the middle of some state somewhere. Yep. And there's a weird creature that, Kills anyone who drives down that street. And of course, know? those movies are very controversial for the director in them. Really? What? Uh, oh, you don't know the story behind him? No. Uh, he was convicted in the 80s of like child pornography. Oh, no. And he was in prison for 15, 
years. I, he's I, in I there. Don't, I don't know. Oh, you I've don't never, know? I've never seen a Jeepers Creepers movie. Oh, uh, yeah, Victor Selva. He was in prison for a very long time. Wow. Mm. And when he got out, he made powder for Disney. And when people found out, he did that. They were up in arms. So he's kind of like an independent filmmaker now. Mm. And he made powder. Interesting. Uh, so I, I mean, I understand the controversy behind it. Um, but at the same time, I mean, he was in prison for a long time. Isn't Jeepers Creepers two about a bus full of kids getting killed by the mm-hmm. Jeepers Creepers man? Yep. Okay. Yeah, but I, but they're like high school students. Yeah. Would you recommend that make it the better. movies? Oh yeah. Oh the. The even, first one's a great movie. Even I would say the first one's really fun. Part of part of it is that the dialogue between Justin Long and the girl who plays his sister is really fun. Mm-hmm. Like that's I think that's why I like the movie is that yeah. And the those, creeper is a really cool design. Yeah. In the first one he wears like a hat and a duster almost the whole time. He, he kind of looks like a scarecrow but with the face of like the villain from Bugs Life. You know? Like <laughs> yeah. he, No, really. Like he looks wow. like he looks like a man version of a grasshopper. Ah. Uh. Yeah it's, yeah, it's really interesting. You should watch him. Yeah. Um, Do you own him? Uh, I don't. I'm getting the Scream Factory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's waiting for the Scream Factory release. Oh, looks like I'm going to be doing my Scream Factory collection uh, build-up again. Yeah. Especially after what I heard uh, they're going to be releasing. Oh, yeah. I uh, told you they are going to. The, he told me, and I didn't believe him, and sure enough, Scream Factory announced they're releasing <laughs> The Thing. Well, it was actually uh, Dude. on my... Uh, like wish list because when they acquired Universal's catalog, I was like, "Oh man, they got to do the thing. Yeah. They just have to." Is there what 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 are they going to add to the Blu-ray? Like I saw oh, the it's, cover, it's tons. It's like two discs, and the second disc is all special features. Uh, you can and look at at sure... fact They just put out the extras. It's like a whole new documentary, a new commentary by John Carpenter. No way. Uh, do you think they'll have the old documentary, the one they on do. the... Ooh, yeah. They it's usually, like they usually 85 minutes long, standard yeah. But I, I already it's on own... The second disc. I already own the thing on Blu-ray, so that's Dude, why I'm like, well, yeah, if I... Screen Factory. Because the Screen Factory is also a new 2K transfer. Oh, okay. Cool. That and the current Blu-ray of the thing is kind of stupid. Yeah, it's not great. It's but... not great. I'd yeah, rather have the DVD. <laughs> and they commission new art for it. It looks awesome. You should yeah. just Can go to Screen Factory. Oh, the cover looks amazing. But it's it's hard for me to to say, like, yeah, I'm going to pay $25 for a new cover. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Oh, yeah. No. So here, that's here, why. Here's the thing is I own almost every Screen Factory release. Almost. Um, I will always get their collector's editions. Yeah. Because they'll always put a new hour-long documentary. Um, I, that's why I asked was I yeah. was like, the movie's been around for so long and has been celebrated for so long that the idea that there's... Much more they could do. Well, here's two. surprises me. Um, so. so they're putting out Return of the Living Dead special edition. Oh yeah, which I, I love that film. And I was like, man, I don't know. I've seen because you gave me that documentary. Um, mm-hmm. I'm like, do I really need to get this one? So the Return of the Living Dead is, I think, three discs, and one of the discs on Blu-ray is that documentary that you got me. So they take all the cool. stuff and put it on there. Plus they have a new other new documentary. Yeah. Plus they have a new commentary. Plus they have a vintage commentary with Dan O'Bannon who died at like 10 years ago. Wow. Something like that. 10, 15 years yeah. ago. Yeah. So they, and the commissioned art for Return of the Living Dead is awesome. They really, really put their heart and souls into movies that usually don't deserve it. The, I mean, the thing does. I'm not saying the thing does. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. But I mean, Jeepers Creepers that's, 1 and 2, collector's editions, come on. Well, but that's, that's sort of, that's why I asked the question is like, Jeepers Creepers I bet you could go scrounge up a bunch of content and make a really cool Blu-ray yeah. that no one's ever seen before. The thing is the thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I almost expected that the best yeah. you could do is go get all the content commentaries from all the discs that they've ever put out. There's like Because it is such a celebrated film. I, I forget. Yeah. Uh, we can see, that's I'll, cool that they're adding that much Now that we're stuff. talking about it, I'll look it up for so we can okay. wet the whistle of does our... It, does it come um, with 
a a Blu-ray copy of the thing, the prequel as well, because that's what I want. Does um, are you kidding me? No, I'm not. Let me look I, at. I was I was totally kidding because I was like, well, they'll never do that. Um, but uh, if it came with if it came with a copy of Mary Elizabeth Winstead's The Thing, I'd be totally down. Were you like, a fan of that one? A hundred percent. Yes, I liked it. I, I, like, it's never going to be the thing, but they did some really cool stuff in that movie. There's a couple of there's a couple okay. of sections I wish weren't CG. So um, here but, here we go. Um, so it's a two disc <laughs> collector's edition Blu-ray. I'm sorry. Cool. Uh, it's a new 2D scan of the interior positive supervised and approved by director of photography Dean, Dean Cundley. A new 4.1 created from the original 70mm 6-track Dolby soundtrack. New audio commentary by the director of photography. New The Men of Outpost 31 with interviews with Keith David, Thomas Waits, Peter Maloney, and more. New Assembling the Assimilation, an interview with editor Todd Ramsey. New Behind the Chameleon, interviews with visual effects artists. Wow. A bunch of them. New Sounds of the Cold, interviews with supervising sound editor. New behind the between the lines interview with the novelization author Alan Dean Foster. <laughs> wow, that's awesome! Uh, vintage auto commentary with John Carpenter and Kurt Russell. Um, the one you're talking about, John Carpenter's The Thing: Terror Takes Shape, a documentary of making the thing. That's an hour and twenty minutes long. There's outtakes, vintage featurettes that are twelve minutes long. <laughs> vintage featurettes, making of the chilling tale, the thing. Vintage production reel, vintage behind the scenes. Anointed production archive, storyboards, makeup effects, network TV broadcast version of the thing. Wow. Mm. Teaser trailer and theatrical trailers, um, TV spots and radio spots, still gallery. Um, that's all there. Um, <coughs> wow. Man. Yeah. So I'm sorry. No, it doesn't come with it. I thought I read it did. That's okay. That's okay. I, but I, I those already are all the one. features on the collector's edition. That is, of, that is a crap ton. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty cool. The thing. So yeah. Yeah. Um, when they get stuff like that, they really, really go all out. Scream Factory is a really cool label. Yeah. Because um, they, yeah. And then, you know, they're, they're an imprint of Shout. And Shout has Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures coming out and Bogus Journey on a special edition. Hmm. Roadhouse special edition. Dude. So they're doing a lot of, like, niche titles and stuff. How is, how is Roadhouse a movie? Um, <sighs> because he rips throats out. <laughs> Dude, Once. He rips the throat out once. And he says, fuck you. You understand how much of that movie I had to sit through until he ripped a throat out. So what? He still also does yoga naked. Um, He has three rules. Pain don't hurt. I I do not. I don't understand why that movie has the cult following it. Because it's fun. Yeah. Uh, uh, Keep going with his rules. (laughs) I I love hearing them. One. Take it outside. There's there's no fighting in the, the bar. Two, uh, what is two? Um, Fuck! I know three is. Uh, three is. Be nice. Yeah, be nice. <laughs> be I, was, nice. I thought two had to do something with pain. Uh, no, pain don't hurt is when he's in the hospital. You know, schmoozing the. Uh, oh yeah. The doctor talking about it. He did the dancing. Now he's gonna get dirty. <laughs> this is no. This is, that was the tagline. I no. I'm, <laughs> I'm aware. Yeah. That movie is dog shit. Um, Being a cocksucker isn't personal. No, it's two nouns combined to elicit a prescribed response. (laughs) (laughs) Terrible. Okay, here you go. Here you guys go. This is from Dalton, Words of Wisdom. All you have to do is follow three simple rules. One, never underestimate your opponent. Expect the unexpected. (laughs) Two, take it outside. Never start anything inside the bar unless it's absolutely necessary. And three, be nice. Be nice. <laughs> oh, man. 
Anyway, to finish my thought before, I really like the prequel of the thing, and especially like the ending. Um, yeah. I think they found a cool way to make a to pay homage to the original ending, but do it in a way that was fresh and different and, and you know cool. Right. Because um, that flashing red light is is just damning. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really awesome. So, <laughs> anyway. If somebody gets in your face and calls you a cocksucker, I want you to be nice. Ask him to walk. Be nice. If he won't walk, walk with him. But be nice. If you can't walk with him, one of the others will help you. And you'll both be nice. You want to remember that it's a job. It's nothing personal. Be nice. (laughs) Anyway, that is Blu-rays. No, it's not. You're missing all three Jaws sequels. Yeah, you're right. Wasn't I, that already? Didn't that already happen? No, it's this week. It's oh, com- okay. they're, they're coming in the mail for me. Oh yeah, I saw because um, uh, this time it's personal, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I I saw them on there and was like, "Oh, those have been out before." I don't give a shit. They're the not on Blu-ray. To Jaws. I'm so excited to watch Jaws two on Blu-ray. Yeah, Jaws two is fine. Yeah, Russian Eye, isn't it? Yeah, Jaws two is is a a fine sequel. Um, to yeah, it's 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 unfair to judge. A sequel to one of the greatest films of all time. <laughs> it is. Um, hey, you know what we do, though? We watch a lot of movies throughout the week. We do. This is stuff we've been watching. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. That was a really long Blu-ray segment. It was really long. Yeah, well, but we ha- I, we ha- I think you had to read the entire script of Roadhouse at one point. So. <laughs> of course I did. <laughs> Fuck you! <yeah! laughs> The well, collector's edition better have a commentary with Patrick Swayze. Aww. Better have the cover that has that tagline that I'm so obsessed with. It probably does. I think the cover oh, is sure. the one where he's like leaning against the like the bar door. Yeah. Like with the cowboy boot up. That's the same one. Um in a world where every where where bouncers at bars are famous like uh like actors are. Roadhouse. Yeah. And there's a polar bear. Yeah. <laughs> the polar bear fell on me. Um, <laughs> Don't you know who that is? That's Dalton. He ripped a guy's throat out once. No. Wait. Really? That's him? Yeah. Zach, what'd you watch this week? Roadhouse? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't watch Roadhouse. <laughs> but he's going to go home and watch it now. Yeah. Now I am. All the cool people do. Um, so I uh, really quickly, just three things. Um, I saw X-Men Age of Apocalypse. What'd you think? Oh, yeah. <sighs> uh, I saw you gave it your... Wow. Two mutants out two, of two out of four mutants. Yeah. <laughs> I thought the for everything that I liked about the film, there were like five or ten different things that I hated about this movie. Yeah. And unfortunately, Oscar Isaac is one of them. I did not really? like him in the movie. I, I did fun. not like him in the movie. When is he in the movie? Um, he's um he plays uh he plays this uh guy named Ivan Ooze. And <laughs> really, no, I don't think he looks anything. He like doesn't it. look. Like he looks a lot like Ivan Ooze. But I just love that joke on the internet where everybody yes. was like freaking out about the purple. Um, no, 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 I don't. It, it's not that. It's that every time I like even watching the movie, I totally forget it's like Oscar Isaac. Yeah, like he's under enough makeup that I don't recognize him. Right. Um. So that's why I made the joke. I um, actually I like him, but the, the, some of the stuff that I did like about it, I actually like Michael Fassbender. The, I love Michael yeah, Fassbender. Oh, that so that goes good. without saying. Yeah, that goes without saying. Like that guy's been a solid part of this franchise. Oh, from day one. I think he's the anchor. Well, yeah. actually, I think James McAvoy is really good too. But oh, yeah. those he's, two guys are great. Yeah, they're they're all, fine. There's no there's no catch twenty two with them at all. Like there's no reason to hate on them. Yeah, almost all of the performances in these movies are fantastic. Now that being especially s- from the mainliners. Now that being said, I am a huge Jennifer Lawrence fan, and I thought she phoned this in. I. I don't know that she phoned it in. I think that the script that has her in it is not very good. Which was another thing I was going to say. The script feels like it was written by a five-year-old with a Pepsi habit. 
Um, and um, I, uh, but you know what I did love? I actually loved in this because one of my favorite mutants is Cyclops, and I liked watching the interaction between him and Jean, Young Jean Grey mm. um, on the uh, quad of the school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually thought those were cute moments, and I dug it. And of course, I love Wolverine, so Weapon X was fun. Well, yeah, Weapon X was cool. I mean, yeah. to- it totally felt like it was added into the movie, but, but it still was fun. Oh, anytime I get Hugh Jackman being Wolverine, I'm down. Yeah. Um, like I loved the Wolverine. It was one of my top ten films from mm-hmm. two years ago. I love yeah. the Wolverine. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a good Wolverine movie too. Yeah, because he's awesome. I, Eddie the Eagle. I love Hugh Jackman. I think he's a. <laughs> I think he's a wonderful actor. Right. Yeah. Uh, second thing I saw was and the- dreamy. <laughs> he is dreamy, sexy beast. Um, <laughs> Remember Kate and Leopold? <laughs> yeah. Remember how disappointing Real Steel was. Uh, what? Oh, <laughs> shit, dude. You're mean. You're you. utterly no. mean. <laughs> no. no. Um, second thing I saw, I went with Brad yesterday to the Room Live with Greg Sestero. Mm-hmm. That guy's awesome. This was the thirteenth time I've seen the Room, what? and it was probably the funniest time I've been to a screening of the Room. Is this the first time you've seen it? Uh, oh no, never mind. Sorry. No, this was the thirteenth time I've seen it. No, no, I was <laughs> gonna say with uh, with Weezo there, and then I realized Weezo wasn't. I there. never saw it with yeah. Weezo. Um, I, this was the first time I saw it with a cast member live. Um, Sestero and uh, a bunch of local actors actually did a reading of the original script to the room. No, that uh, he wrote um, before it got changed for film. So there's no Denny in this script. Wow. Um, everything's very. I've condensed. never seen this movie. <laughs> And oh, dude, it's if, terrible. You either got to be into it or you're not. Like, I can't. I, this it, is not something where I can say, Ryan, go see this immediately no. because that's unfair to you. <laughs> I, I've, I've only I heard s- it's you have to see it live. Yeah, yeah you have I've, to see it live. Exactly what I was going to say. I've only seen it once and I saw it with Tommy Wiseau there. And I don't even know that I could watch it again because, like, you, you need to see it with a group because when they're making fun of like, they will point things out to you that will make it will enjoyable. Because not- without that, it's just boring and, and garbage, right? Without, without the fact that every time that the shot from the opening of Full House plays, the entire audience of people will sing the opening they theme song to, to everywhere Full House. You look like, and yeah, like if you don't have that, if you don't have people who yell focus every time a shot is out of focus because he shot it on two cameras at the same time because he didn't know if he wanted it to be digital or on 35, like if, if you don't have that, it's not entertaining. It's just a shitty movie that's out of focus. Yeah. Right? Like, you need a bunch of people to throw spoons at the screen, not because there's a spoon on the screen, but because you're in the middle of the most boring exposition scene you've ever seen. And so if you don't have that, all you are is watching a shit film. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's not... On its own, the room isn't fun the way that, like, Plan 9 is fun. It's, it's just a boring dog shit film. Um, that's but poorly with performed. An, but, but with an audience, the film works. It, oh, it, it's it like shines. it's comedic gold. Oh yeah. Um, the jokes that I was able to land because I was able to land some of my own jokes there. Were, <laughs> uh, what kind of money, Denny? And I yelled out Deutschmarks. <laughs> <laughs> um, when Tommy pulls out the gun, I yelled out, "Oh hi, gun!" <laughs> and then finally, uh-huh. when the camera zooms out on him, I said, "Oh bye, audience. Bye, movie." <laughs> <laughs> And then together, uh, together at one point, there's a scene where you think that Denny's gonna go try to suck Tommy's dick, 
and oh, God, uh, Brad movie. and I yelled out, "Suck that dick! <laughs> Suck that dick!" <laughs> such a bad movie. Oh God! Why is Denny even in the movie? I don't know, but he's hilarious. <laughs> uh, um, I just like to watch sometimes. You're the creepiest person on the planet. <laughs> ah! There's at one point that I didn't notice this before. Somebody pointed out that Denny might be high in one scene because he sits on the floor. Oh, like and I'm like, actor? I didn't notice oh. that before. He could be high. <laughs> oh, it's such a terrible movie. Um, and then the third thing that I saw was um, I watched Radio Days again, um, oh. which is a, it's a movie by our favorite punching bag, Woody Allen. <laughs> um, but it's a more personal film. I'm a big about fan. His- I like young Asian girls. <laughs> <laughs> my God. <laughs> Ryan, the, the, he's trying to give a review of my movie from the 80s. Speaking you of, please. <laughs> speaking of Hugh Jackman, Scoop is, is just a masterpiece. I I would um I'm I'm so I'm, anyway I, I saw Radio Days <laughs> that was not me being serious. My yeah. favorite Woody Allen movie is What's Up Tiger Lily. Yeah, well, that's a good one. <laughs> I um, don't remember thing. It's a poorly. <laughs> <laughs> Midnight in Paris is overrated. Um, Radio Days though is um, aesthetically it's what inspired some stuff that I've done before. Um, so I it was interesting. So watching suppressing. It. Fuck. Are you going to talk about Twombly again? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying it's stuff I've done before in terms of like <laughs> production design and stuff like that. So it was interesting watching where that all came from. Mm. Um, and actually, there was one more thing I watched. I watched Quiz Show yeah. again recently. Does anybody remember Quiz Show? Oh, yes. How great that movie is yes. and how it came out in a year with other great movies. Uh, 94, man. a great year. Oh, are, are, you, fiction, are you trying to tell Shawshank us? Shawshank Redemption, are you trying Quiz to say, Show. Are you subtly trying to say, like, hey, guys, maybe you should do 94? Maybe we should do 94 at some point, but going, hey, I'm sure going in September for, we'll have some I was going to say, when, the, when the summer is over, man. Going for broke, that's a great year for film. Absolutely. Because also you get Clerks and you get Desperado. Yeah. No, Desperado was 95. Sorry. Yeah. Um, uh, but Quiz Show, <laughs> if anybody doesn't know what that was, it was the story of the Van Doren scandal involving a show called 21, um, where the questions were being rigged for the sake of entertainment. Yeah. And um, Martin Scorsese has a cameo in it. He plays um, the sponsor of the show, and he does a really good job. Best for... Martin Scorsese movie. <laughs> <laughs> somebody shoot. Actually, somebody I shoot. Might... Somebody shoot him. <laughs> I might be serious. I don't know, man. Am I... uh. You might be. I might be. And and yet. You Robert know, Redford's really good, by the way. But you know what the great thing is? Is I know how to tune you out now. <laughs> I've been doing it for five years. <laughs> I, I finally cracked the code. I don't know what virus I got from you. That... He fucking tells me that Hook is a good movie again. I'm... Dude, Hook is so good. Um, but um, you. No, um, it's just a great movie. Shot really well. Uh, directed beautifully. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love the line um, where they're listening to the radio and uh, it talks about... Um, uh, Sputnik. Uh, Sputnik has launched into space. America has uh, everything to fear, and this car salesman turns to a guy he's selling a car to and says, "America doesn't own the 300." <laughs> so yeah. that's my new catchphrase for America: America yeah. doesn't own the 300. <laughs> Man, so I, that's all I watched this week. I I should go back and like rewatch all of Robert Redford's directorial films. He's good. Have you seen The Conspirator? No, it was right. his uh, Lincoln. It was his uh, uh, Lincoln Death movie. Yeah, and it's really good. You really like yeah. it? I thought it was alright. There's I, a number of the. I was. I wasn't. Missed. I wasn't unentertained. Yeah, yeah. You know, performances um, are good in that movie. It, it's Is bizarre. it Sally Field? No, it's, no, it's uh, uh, no. That's Lincoln. What's her? What's her face? 
It's a. Uh, can't remember. Marissa Tomei. No. What's, what's her butt? Marissa Tomei always follows in Sally Field's footsteps. <laughs> um, but anyway, it was a good movie. Um, so, um, and I haven't seen his new one, Truth, but um, oh, yeah. we'll find out what that is about. It's he plays Dan Rather in the movie, so that's right. We'll see how that works. Yeah, I I don't always love him, but like. The guy's done enough really great films that I should I should make sure I've yeah, seen. Yeah, James all of his should films. see uh Lions Lambs for Lions. He'll really like that yeah. one. Oh yeah, I'll love that Lions. one. That yeah. one that one will really be up my alley. Um <laughs> man. His his uh, river runs through it though is fantastic. Man. Does a river movie. really run through it? Dude, yeah, it does. There's <laughs> a the, James, what'd you watch this week? There's a rock and under the rock are the are the are the are the, the the tears of time or some shit? I don't. Know. I there was a period where I memorized that whole last monologue of the book um, because I I I really love that paragraph. So anyway, um, this week uh, I saw a bunch of stuff, so I'll I'll skip through some of it. Um, I rewatched The Social Network, and that's fantastic. Nice. And I, I rewatched um, Hail Caesar, which honestly I think I think I laughed just as hard this time. Can you let me borrow that? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I'll bring it. Um, cause it's, uh, oh yeah, cause you never got a chance to watch mm-hmm. it. Oh man, the guy, there are so many just like amazing little sequences in this movie that are just comedic gold. Um, that honestly, even if the story that tied them together didn't work for me, I would still probably love this movie. Um, I said it before right. and I'll say it again. That was a movie that was made specifically for me and nobody else. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I can, I can see that. Um, man, the, the, the scene with, uh, with Ralph Fiennes and the, uh, the the guy who's gonna play uh, Han Solo, and they're doing uh, that. Aldrich, I, Erickman. Yeah, they're they're doing that single line of dialogue back and forth. What did and it so were so simple? Were the were the were the were the were so simple? Were the so simple? Oh, it's just and it, they just let that scene go. It yep. just breathes for days. Um, and then you know, fifteen minutes later, you've got Channing Tatum doing a full length tap dance sequence. It's amazing. Um, what a great movie. Anyway, um, the, the two things I do actually want to talk about is, uh, I got a chance to see the gods of Egypt. Nice. (laughs) Um, and I don't know that I would say I was entertained as you sounded last week. The movie's not bad. Yeah. It's weird. Mm -hmm. Like it's super weird. Um, it's a movie. Did you watch any of the special features? No. (laughs) <laughs> I was more entertained by the special features than I was the movie because in the special features you got all these people who clearly had no idea what the movie was <laughs> or what they were supposed to be doing but they just keep going like every single person that comes into the in- to be interviewed is like oh yeah like I read the script and I didn't know what was going on and it didn't make I I didn't really uh oh, the guy uh, the guy from Game of Thrones at one point he even says like yeah I didn't really get it until I saw the movie I was like, holy shit. But everybody keeps going, you know. And, but then, like, when Alex Proyas came on, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, the, So, like, clearly Alex Proyas has enough weight, which is weird to me. Um, because for me, like, Alex Proyas is a guy who had a lot of weight, but, like... What's your favorite has, movie film of his? It's, it's Dark City, and the rest of his movies are palatable at best, right? Like, I think I think iRobot is really fun, Um like I've I've seen iRobot a dozen times. I like that movie. Um I think uh I think that knowing is weird. Like it's it's interesting. Um and there's some kind of neat stuff in that movie. Like it's not I think it I don't remember t- 
terribly well. I feel like it got panned, Ooh, panned when what? it came out. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it was at that time when like Nick Cage's career was really starting to hit the rocks, right? Like he was he was coming off of your National Treasure movies and starting to just be in every single movie he could get his hands on, mm-hmm. and that one came along and you. It was like a big budget release, um, but you could tell like, oh, this is going this is going bad. Um, and then I don't even remember. What has Alex Price done since the Crow? Uh, I know that's the only one I really know of his. Oh yeah, I mean, it, for for my money, like I, like I said, I can't remember. I'll look it up here in a minute. Um, I can't remember what he's done since the Knowing. Um, but for my money, like Dark City is a brilliant film, and especially the director's cut is it's one of those early films from a director where you look at it and you go like, this guy can do really special stuff, you know. Um, Dark City, for me, is what other people seemingly got out of Duncan Jones from Moon, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I went and saw Moon and was like, dude, this is predictable, and I, I like the performance is great, but this is not a great... If anyone ever tells me that's a great, like, instant classic sci-fi film, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Um, Dark City did that for me, where, like, I see Dark City and I go, oh, this is a brilliant, cool movie, um, that for me has stood up a lot better than like Donnie, Donnie Darko did, right? Because mm-hmm. um, everybody has that thing where the first time they see Donnie Darko, they're like, oh, okay, this is really weird and like mind blowy. And then like everybody else is talking about Donnie Darko for a while and you're going, it's not that cool. Yeah. Like, when, you you see, can... when you see Donnie Darko, you're like, meh. <laughs> um, you're like, I, I get it. I don't know why everybody's so confused. <laughs> oh, no, totally. Yeah, I never knew why people were confused. But for me, it was like, it was a neat, cool, different kind of movie mm-hmm. that then makes you go, oh, I want to see what this person does with a budget, with a script that's not weird, you know. Um, but Alex Price has never really delivered for me after that. Like, right. he became, once he proved he could do it, he became, like, this very serviceable Hollywood director. Like, the art never came out of him again. Mm-hmm. Um, and Anyway. Um, and so, with this, I, I, I'm not going to go through the whole story of Gods of Egypt, um, <laughs> but, like, the because Ryan did it last week, <laughs> there's a lot of weird moments in this movie. Um, it is really cool where like, oh, all of a sudden, like there's just fucking big snakes and they got to yep. run away from the big snakes. That's what I mean. Like it literally yeah, just goes right. from yeah, like, weird fights to weird fights. Yeah. Um, and it is, it was more bizarre. I had forgotten you had told me that the gods were bigger than the humans. And so it was just every now and then like I'd notice and I'd go like, oh yeah, right. Like they're, they're weird. Yeah. And um, it's, it's funny because you never really know the motivation behind set. He like just shows up and kills that guy's dad. He's like, "I want to be the best god ever." Why? Yeah, yeah. And then like when you find out what, like they go, they go meet Ra, who's who's played by um, Jeffrey Rush, who's really good. Like when they when you first meet Ra, um, he has some some line of dialogue that's like, "If a bird ever got this close to me, I'd crush its head with a rock." Like he said, it's not that line of dialogue, but it's something like yeah. that where he just like flippantly says like, "Yeah, if you were anybody else, I'd kill you." Um, and uh, and you find out like oh okay so like he's he built Set's whole life so that like Set Set's mad because he can't have kids and he's never gonna be the king and then Ra tells him like oh well I needed you to learn to like not be connected to anybody because I need you to take over for me when I die and and like that seems cool but it's not really like, yeah that's the thing it's like, it the, sounds more interesting yeah, than it is in the movie bad it, like there's some cool like set pieces in it but at the same time like. Wh- I don't understand what's there's, happening. <laughs> there's but. a whole special feature on the Blu-ray uh, where this guy's just listing off how, oh, well, this character 
Um, the effects for this character were done by this studio in Montreal, and the effects for this st- character were done by this studio in such and such a place. And and uh, gotta fill twelve minutes of time. Uh, no, all of the um, there were a couple characters that were completely done by the uh, Phil Tippett Studios. Oh, cool! Um, and I was like, oh, that's really neat. Um, Academy Award winner Phil Tippett. <laughs> yeah, you can find his interview on Real Nerds Podcast. You can. What a badass dude. Um, and the uh, yeah, visually it's really cool. Most of the time, that's what I mean. But, but like when they're, it, like they're in motion on stuff, it looks horrible. Yes. But then the snakes look pretty cool, and I yes. think like Anubis looks cool. Yes. And then anytime like, Anubis shows up and he like spins out of the ground, you're yeah. like, Ugh, yeah. what? But the, yeah. But then the whole story with I think his name is Beck mm-hmm. and Beck's girlfriend. Um, <laughs> I really hope his name is Beck. It is. I just re- really. Oh man. B e k. They should have got him to be played by Beck. That would have been really cool. Um. Anyway, so Beck's in this movie, and his girlfriend... I'm a loser, baby. Yes. Oh, gosh. So why don't you keep me? So his summer girl gets stolen down to hell, and... Um, it takes a really long time to be, like, the next person killed, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's in line forever. Yeah. They're killing people constantly, but when it's finally her who's next, it's like, ah, we're going to take our time now. <laughs> something. It anyway, doesn't make sense. I had fun watching it. Which, even that part, I was like, wait, so you go to hell and then you die again? Like, yeah. I don't really... Whatever. You got to turn off your brain. Yeah. And just know that it's these guys that turn into like giant robot things and that, that And that part was cool. Yeah. You know? Um the, yeah, I had they, fun br- watching they turn it. into the big robots. I mean whatever. Um, yeah, it's it's a weird movie. So yeah. um uh, much better than it is I finally have now officially seen every Shane Black movie. Nice. Um and in fact now own every Shane Black nice. movie. Oh, are you talking about Monster Squad? <laughs> yeah, so I got a chance yes! to see Monster Squad, <laughs> which I had never seen before. Um and honestly, if I'd seen this movie when I was a kid, this would have been, been like my Goonies. Like it's my Goonies. This, yeah, like I, I've always been like, oh yeah, Goonies is cool, but I didn't. It's like I don't love it. It's the Goonies with monsters and better dialogue. Yeah, oh, dude. So there's literally this is my a, wish. I'm taking it back. No, <laughs> kick Wolfman in the Nards. <laughs> <laughs> so my name is Horace. <laughs> there's literally a line in this movie that oh, shit. And now I'm gonna get it wrong. Um, there's a line in this movie that I laughed so hard I immediately rewound it and watched it again. So there's a character named Fat Kid, mm-hmm. and they're they're hanging out in the in the clubhouse. Uh, I guess I should explain what no, Monster Squad is, but first I'll tell you this. Uh, so they're hanging out in the in the in the um, in the the uh, the clubhouse, tree the treehouse, and they're talking about like, oh, we need to find a virgin. And the one guy's like, well, we could you know we could get my sister. And <laughs> Fat Kid literally says, all your sister does is. Hang out and let boys touch her boobs. <laughs> and I laughed. He delivers that line so perfectly. Like it was just it just it just came out of him like nothing. But see, there's so and many I like, laughed so hard I immediately rewound it and was like, I need to watch him do that again. That was yeah, so good. Because it's so funny too, because that part where you find out she's not a virgin <coughs> and God, uh, tell the whole world. Yeah. Her uh, brother's like, wait a minute, you're not a virgin. Well, Bobby, but he doesn't count. Steven, doesn't he doesn't count. count. <laughs> okay, so uh, back up a second. So the story of Monster Squad is that um, <laughs> it starts with this. It starts with this great uh, credit scroll where um, it's like, oh, you know, back in back in Transylvania, back in the ye olden days. Um, Van Helsing and his dudes have got to go kill like this monster and and you know do blah blah blah. Um, and then it comes up and what's the exact verbiage? It says like but they screwed up, but they screw it up. They, yeah, yeah, like they screwed it or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. it's something along the lines of but they screwed the pooch, right? 
<laughs> and then you see the scene and like they screw stuff up and but the the monsters go into like um, portal hibernation or something for a while. Um doesn't matter. All of a sudden it's the it's the like eighties, um, and there's this group of kids and I don't even know like they have this thing that they call Monster Club. Yeah. Um and they just hang out and talk about monsters. Um, it's, it's actually like, the, these are the lamest kids on the planet, but whatever. Um, but they, they, they do a really good job of like getting you to know this main kid whose, whose name I forget. Um, and Sean, uh, sure. Sean. And, uh, so Phoebe. like his, uh, his, his parents are having a really rough time. Cause I, I love this fucking movie, by the it's way. It's so good. Uh, so his parents are having a really tough time cause his dad's a cop and he's not home enough. And like. His mom, like, they're fighting all the time. There's this amazing scene when, <laughs> when uh, the mom is putting the, the sister to bed. And she's, she, the sister says, like, oh, you know, Sean, Sean picked on me. Or said, Sean said such and such a thing. And, and the mom's like, no, 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 that's not true. And she goes, are you going to yell at him? <laughs> and, uh, and the mom goes, honey, I love your father. And she goes, what? No. I meant Sean. Like, are you going to yell at Sean? Like the, the, this whole tension between the parents is so palpable that there's this, it's just a really great exchange where she completely does misinterprets what the daughter says. Yeah. Cause she's just constantly like, our kids know that we're fighting. Like they're, they can see us fighting constantly. Um, and it's what's great about this movie too, is not only the snappy dialogue, I think it's actually pretty horrific. The part where, uh, the wolf man gets out and he's in the phone booth. He's like, Dude, he's going to kill your son. And he's like ripping his clothes off and yes. foam's going everywhere. Mm. And, oh. you know, they also have the scary German guy. And he says, he's like, not all oh, monsters yes. wear masks. And you find out he's like a Holocaust survivor. You're like, God, yeah. this movie's deep. Yeah. No, the movie, it's one of my most <laughs> favorite like 80s movies ever. Totally. It's really fun. Um, one of those movies that, should have been should have been in my like childhood pantheon with like the mm-hmm. explorers and batteries not included. Um, it's probably a little bit more mature than that, just because you've got all of these horror characters, right? Yeah. Um, and there are some genuinely kind of scary sections. Oh, I mean, yeah. when when um, I think I, the Dracula in it is amazing, dude. At the end, when he's scary. The, I mean, yeah, slight I spoilers for Monster Squad, but at the end when Dracula's got the little girl and he's got her and he's holding her up, you're like, holy shit, this and, is screwed up. And he says, "Give me the stone, you yes. bitch." Yes. And you're like, holy oh shit. man, you just called an eight year old girl a bitch. Like, it's, it's you, a movie you can't that do that. They would never make now. No, hell no. Because one part of it is. Constantly in danger. Kids are also constantly calling each other faggots. Yeah. Like, constantly using that word. And I was like, ah, ah, ah. Like, the first 10 minutes, I was like, you can't do this. This is not okay. Um, that and, like, the horror in it, it's, like, real. It's pretty good, yeah. It's, I think I, Stan Winston did the uh, uh-huh. the Gill Man, and I I think the Gill Man is amazing in it. <coughs> yeah, um, I mean, they're, and their their interpretations of those characters are all really good. Well, yeah, because the, they take the universal classic, because even the Wolfman is a tragic character. He doesn't yes. want to be the Wolfman. Exactly. And then when he gets killed, he says, thank you. The Wolfman, the Frankenstein, and his relationship with the little girl mm-hmm. is, is right on on on, uh, on track. Um, and then I think that the, the death of the mummy is oh, yeah. fantastic. Like, when that moment happens, I was like, this is so cool. Yeah. Just the idea that, like, that the rags are literally holding the mummy together. And so, you know, the, the whole idea of unwinding a mummy is as old as Scooby-Doo. Uh, but when they do it and watching him, like, disintegrate as this yeah, thing pulls it's away. it's by the bad like, boy Rudy. So cool. <laughs> Man. <laughs> when a horse is getting picked on. 
Now eat your candy bar. <laughs> oh, come on, Rudy. Don't make me eat it. Eat yes. it. <laughs> That's so good. When yeah. I met the kid who plays Sean at uh, Alamo Draft House, yeah. at Andre Goyer, he was wearing Stephen King rule shirt. Mm. And uh, you know, I should have hit him up on Twitter because he said he'd come on the show. Ah, oh, man. It, so. he, he does a fantastic job. I mean, the whole... Yeah. The whole movie the is really great. great. Yeah, uh, I mean, genuinely, after Lethal Weapon, this is probably my favorite non-Shane Black directed movie. Oh yeah, it's great. Um, Fred Fred Decker directed it, uh, yeah. Yeah. which I think part of it is that because he also co-wrote it. Yeah, like well, him and Fred Decker doing the new Predator movie, right? Um, and if you want to see another great Fred Decker movie, it's not Shane Black, but it's called Night of the Creeps, and it's about Ooh. a zombie uh, prom night prom night kind of thing. And it has like one of the greatest lines. Tom Atkins is in it, and uh, he says, "I got good news and bad news. Good news Your is. dates are here. The bad news, they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> they're just a bunch of zombies. It's uh, oh, that's it's awesome. great. It's a great Man. movie too. Good yeah. old Tom Atkins it, scaring the shit out of kids for years. To come. Yep. <laughs> it was it was genuinely really fun to watch. Good. Um, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I knew yeah. you would, but yeah. it's it's literally one of my most favorite films of all time. Yeah. Uh, it was one I rented at. There's a video store by my house with me and i live with my mom after my mom and dad got divorced and we were poor but she'd always let me rent a movie every week because back then they're like 49 cents or whatever yeah. they were and i'd always get the monster squad <laughs> i mean i can still recite that movie i mean i just did like it's nothing yep um but i, I think it's generally a fun film absolutely um I, I think like like even dracula's uh women in it are pretty pretty scary mm-hmm. um and oh it, yeah, that yeah, that's that that was a cool one. Um, and you know, I love the kick the wolfman in the nards. <laughs> wolfman don't got nards. It is like watching, as, you know, as part of this thing I've been doing. This was interesting because obviously it's his earliest film, and it's also, but it, but it also feels like a Shane Black film oh, yeah. still. Like there's so the the dialogue is still poppy and fresh and interesting. There's still a lot of that like. Like, he understands how to keep a script moving really mm-hmm. well. Um, and he uses a lot of tricks to do it. But some of those same tricks are here, right? Like, you're still, you're still getting the, together this group of people mm-hmm. and giving them this destination. Um, and it, it, it works really well. Yeah, like, no, a, that's, that's a fun a, movie. I, I love that film. Yeah. I, I always have. And there are, there's a lot of little, little set, like, like the virgin thing, right? Like, well, you've, edit, you've got this is you've got this character that like becomes this linchpin of mm-hmm. hey, we need to use this virgin to save everybody's lives. Mm-hmm. But the first thing we hear about the virgin is, dude, all your sister does is hang out and let dudes touch her tits. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's so good. Well, too, and it's also oh. this is how clever the script is. I mean, anytime you watch a horror film and um, you know the Wolfman has to die by a silver bullet, you're like, why don't you just blow him up? Mm-hmm. So in Monster Squad, they blow him up and he reassembles. Right. That's that's. Ex- I mean, it's the same sort of like setup and execution mm-hmm. of you know early on. There's that. There's the, there's the joke of you know. Oh well, how else? What are the? Oh yeah, because I think they ask yeah. him in order to get him into the group. They ask him like, what are the two ways to kill a wolf man? Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, silver bullet and uh, like. And then like yeah. it's this running joke of like nobody can think of what the yeah. other thing is. And I think they even mentioned blowing him up. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, they and make that's... a couple of jokes. They they almost joke as if it's really easy after mm-hmm. that. And then you're like, no, like it really. There's only one way. Yeah, you know, it's great. Um, yeah, I love yeah. that movie. And that the the actor who plays the Wolfman is is really yeah, good. Yeah, he's in a lot of stuff. He's yeah, a, he's a character actor. I forget his uh, name. Yeah, it's isn't he? Um, he's the uncle in uh, um, Napoleon Dynamite. He is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cousin Rico. Yes. Yes. Uncle Rico. Uncle Rico. Yeah. Yeah, he's um, good. Anyway, so uh, that is what I watched this week. 
Uh, I didn't watch too much. I, I watched the first season of Lost, which is it's amazing. A good show. Yeah. The, the, the pilot is still one of the greatest episodes in TV history. Um, I, I still love uh, Jack. I think he's one of the coolest characters ever. Um, it's fascinating Locke's evolution throughout the show when you go back to the beginning and seeing how he started. Because uh, I still think that's one of the coolest reveals in the show is that Locke was paralyzed before the, the flight. Um, I, I think it's fascinating. Um, so, yeah, it's still a great show. It looks amazing on Blu-ray. Um, and then I, I started a, last week. I started my next binge watching is I'm watching the Disney animated films from beginning all the way to 55, which is Zootopia. Um, and so this week I watched Pinocchio. And to me, I mean, spoilers for when I make my list. It's I think Pinocchio is the greatest animated film ever made um, in so much that um, Ollie Johnson, I'm pretty sure, is the one who animated Pinocchio. Um, and. I want to look that up. Keep yeah. going. I yeah, I, it that. might be. I might be wrong. Um, maybe he did Figaro. I can't remember. But my point being is Pinocchio is the greatest animated character I've ever seen. Um, the way they're able to convey his him discovering who – what it is to be a boy or be a person and the innocence in the performance of the animation is, is stunning. It, it really is. And um, – to, my point is always driven home when uh, Pinocchio wakes up the next morning and Geppetto sends him off to school and he's really excited because all the kids are running to school. The way he's animated there is stunning. Mm. It is absolutely stunning. The way that the, the character acts, um, he's like hopping up and down and going back and forth. And he says, father, what are those? And he says, oh, those are your classmates. What are those? <laughs> and it's just a really cute uh, film. And, I'm reading a book right now called Pinocchio, The Making of a Disney Epic, which is a beautiful book. Mm. If you ever have an opportunity to get it, it's from the Disney archives. You can get it on Amazon. It's normally like 60 bucks. I think it's 30 bucks right now. Wow. And it's a huge hardcover book. It's beautiful. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I think it was Frank and Ollie. Yeah, it, I'm pretty sure it was. And the, like I said, his character is so wonderfully animated. Um, his innocence, um, his transformation throughout the whole film. And, you know... Uh, the detractors who don't like Pinocchio are stupid, but if, if there are, are some, <laughs> it's because they, they don't like that Pinocchio is really episodic, where it's basically I go from one place to the next, and I. But along the way, he's learning lessons. Yeah. You know, he's learning. There's an overarc. There's an overarc. Yeah, exactly. Lesson. It, it's what it, what is it to mean to be a real person? What mm -hmm. does that mean to you? It's not. I just want to be a real boy. He has to earn that right, and yeah. you don't earn that right by being dishonest, not listening to your father. Um, you know, it's, and, uh, Dickie Jones plays Pinocchio and I think he was six or seven at the time. I don't remember six, six. And it's amazing. It's an absolutely amazing performance. Um, I, it, you get Jiminy Cricket and played by Cliff, Cliff Edwards. Edwards, the amazing Cliff Edwards. Yeah. And my favorite interaction with him and Pinocchio is when Honest John shows up and, <laughs> He's I telling him, Honest you know, John. oh yeah, high diddly D in actor's life for me. <laughs> and when Jiminy catches up to him and he's hiding in the flower and he says, you know, Pinocchio, you got to go to school. You got to say thanks, but I got to go to school. And Pinocchio's interaction with him is like, okay, yeah, I can do that. And then Anna Sean says, oh, there you are to the theater. <laughs> and so they go away and <laughs> uh, Pinocchio completely says, bye, Jiminy. And I just think it's like such a great scene. Um, and, you know, the coachman in it is, I don't know who animated the coachman, but it's, he's a scary character. 
He doesn't even have a name. He's the coachman because um, he's turning boys into donkeys and selling them into slavery. I was going to say, that whole that section is why I never liked that movie as a kid. Scared the do- fuck out of me. Yes, like the donkey yeah. section is terrifying. Yeah, and that's what happens Still when you terrifying. smoke and drink. Yeah, in my <laughs> yeah, experience, yeah. yeah. Turns me into a donkey. Yeah. Yeah. Absolute jackass. <laughs> I'm looking at my hands right now trying to make sure they're not hooves. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's just fun because you see the influence of Lampley on Pinocchio at that part. And he's like, "There's this is how clever the script is, too. There's literally a room on Pleasure Island where you just go and bust up a house. Yeah. Why are we going to bust it up, Lampley? Because it's fun. You know, it's silly stuff like that. Where else have I seen that? Oh, where else have I seen Oh, that's right. In Hook. Yeah, way better in Pinocchio. So you're saying <laughs> Hook stole from Pinocchio because it couldn't come up with its own ideas? Oh, son of a bitch. Um, but <laughs> I, I told uh, this story before we came on, and my little guy was watching it with me. And so, uh, spoilers for a 76-year-old movie. But um, <laughs> So at the end, Pinocchio's father, Geppetto, is looking for him, and he finds out that he was swallowed by Monstro the Well. What? Yeah. And so... By the way, amazing animation underwater. As if yeah. you watch the making of it, they took a plane of glass and moved it across while they're filming it, and that gave it the ripple effect. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, so Pinocchio gets there and he saves Geppetto and Figaro and um, from Monster of the Well. And at the end, my little guy's watching it, and um, Pinocchio is laying face down in the water, and he's died. And my little boy looked at me and said, "Oh no, Daddy! Oh no!" So that movie connected with my little boy that he realized that Pinocchio, he obviously doesn't know that he's dead, but he knows he's hurt or something's wrong with Pinocchio. Yeah, right. And it was just, I'm like, wow, that's how moving this film is. Yeah. And um, not even two years old. Not even two years old. But that's just, I mean, the, the overlying thing of this film is to become a, a real boy or a real person is self-sacrifice and putting others in front of yourself and yeah. telling the truth. I, I, I think it's... A beautiful film. I think it's wonderful. I think it's the best work that Disney Studios did <laughs> in their early years. I think it's the most wonderfully animated film ever. Mm. Um, even if you compare it to like Sleeping Beauty, which is a wonderfully animated film, but uh, the character of Pinocchio is so well acted and w- wonderfully drawn and wonderfully performed that mm. it'll never ever be surpassed in my mind. And yeah. that's, I mean, I know I'm biased because I love that movie, but um, yeah. you, everybody should rewatch it. I don't think you can get the D- Blu-ray anymore because it's in the vault, but. I'm hoping it's coming back that it's going to come back because they just did Snow White, uh, the Walt Disney collection version of it. Mm-hmm. And I will buy a second edition of Pinocchio. So um, mm. I'm hoping they're going in order and I hope Pinocchio is the next one. You think they'll do a live action one with Jonathan Taylor Thomas? Um, well, I heard they're making a Geppetto with Robert Downey Jr. that he really wants to do. Oh, that's right. They're doing that. Um, but yeah, they made one. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. That part I was joking about. But I mean, in this whole, you know, uh, Cinderella, maybe. Beauty and the Beast. I don't know if you can capture the... I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's best to leave that one alone. Yeah, I, we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I'd see it if they could oh, tell, totally. tell the yeah. right story. Um, and, and the only other thing I watched is I watched Fantasia, which I haven't seen in a long time. And um, watching it again... What's the plot of Fantasia? There is none. (laughs) It's... That's something about a hat and some... uh, There is some some... moments in Fantasia where it's stunning. Mm -hmm. And then other times you're like, well, this is really pretentious. (laughs) Um, Like the part where... You sound like uh, Buster Crowley. (laughs) The part where they're they're animating like sound waves and stuff. Like, this is what the violin sounds like. And it goes on for 10 minutes. Like, oh my God. Uh Uh-huh. But... Sorcerer's Apprentice is really good. Is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
I think uh, I can't remember. Uh, anytime they try to do abstract art, it's just yeah. boring. But when they actually switch it to like a silly symphonies kind of thing, mm-hmm. I think it works wonders. Like the little uh, unicorns and the centaurs and stuff, I think looks really great. Mm-hmm. Um, the dinosaur stuff is okay. Um, the multiplane on Ave Maria is excellent. Yes, yes. So there, there's moments in this film where it's absolutely stunning. Everything in it about it works. And I can imagine on an HDTV. It oh yeah, incredible. I mean. The Sorcerer's Apprentice is, as as actually, I haven't seen it in a long time. I bought the Blu-ray, and I didn't watch it. Uh, the reason I bought the Blu-ray is because it went back in the vault, mm, and I was yeah. like, "Oh man, I got to go down and get this before it sells out, and I'll never, and I'll have to spend you know eighty five bucks on it." Right. And the Blu-ray came with Fantasia two thousand as well, but a bonus, bonus. Um, so just watching it, I haven't seen it in years. Uh, it's all right. It I. It's not their best work, but it's also they do have some of the best animation work in it. Is that the third movie they released? Yeah. Wow. It came Man. out the same year as Pinocchio. Wow. Um, almost crazy. bankrupt the studio because they spent so much money developing it. On, on Fantasia. On Fantasia. Wow. Because um, Tchaikovsky was like, give me my money. Yeah. What happened <laughs> – see, this is how – you never know what's going to happen. So the next one's Dumbo, um, and Dumbo is an amazing piece of cinema, and I can't wait to – I haven't seen it – a year, <laughs> right. uh, but I love Dumbo and I think it's one of his best stories and it's 65 minutes long. Yeah. Um, and wow. then after Dumbo, they start doing their, uh, package features, packet package features, which I looked song of the South isn't included in it. It m- must be because there's not enough animation. I think there's only 20 minutes of animation in song of the South. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I went through and I looked and, uh, I think after Dumbo, it goes, uh, fun and fancy free, then melody time, then what make my Bambi? music. Bambi, I think, is later. 46, I think. I thought Bambi was 42. Uh, maybe. You yeah. have to look it up. I can't remember. Um, the Have you figured out how you're going to get to see Song of the South yet? Uh, it's not part of the 55. Oh, okay. So I won't have to worry about it. Oh, okay. I will have to get DVD copies of The Black Cauldron, Make Mine Music, and Melody Time, though. Hmm. Yeah. But 42, yeah. 42? Yeah. So does it go Dumbo, then Bambi? Yeah, Dumbo, then Bambi. All right, that's good. Bambi's a great movie. Yeah. Maybe. So yeah, so I, I uh, yeah, I'm, I'm having fun. Um, we'll see when I get to the '80s if I'm still having fun. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say when you get the you black. Know, don't worry, you get the Renaissance after that. Yeah, you know, I don't. <laughs> yeah, that that is true. Yeah, when you get to that section, you'll be like, oh man, oh man, I just got to get through these movies so I, I can start watching Oliver and Company and I'll be Beauty good. and the Beast and Aladdin and Oh, Little Mermaid's '89. Yeah, yeah, Little um, Mermaid, all that stuff. The, yeah, we'll see. I. I it's interesting, and it, I mean, the craftsmanship from Snow White to Pinocchio to Fantasia is pretty breathtaking. Yeah, because I mean, there's some great moments in Snow White. Uh, I always thought Snow White was too plain. That's why I think like the witch in it's super hot. But um, <laughs> but there there is I can't even find a fault in Pinocchio. Some of the shots they do, you realize it's 76 years old, and they have a you know when they're doing high diddly d and they're going through the town and following them from above. You're like, holy shit! And all the multiplane yeah, that they were working it's, with. It's that. stunning. Massive so, yeah. camera that Up Iwerks helped design. Yep. yep. Up Iwerks. Yep. Yep. That's what I watched this week. Cool. Cool. Uh, so this week we saw three different movies. Uh, since Zach's our guest, we'll always start with Zach. Zach, <laughs> should people go see Popstar Never Stop, Stop, Never Stopping? <laughs> Never Stop. <laughs> 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 this is my sense of tingling. Um, yes, people should go see Popstar. Um I thought that the movie was uh, perfectly executed um, for the concept that it was trying to present. 
Um, and I have a more detailed review that I'll read um, for it because I'll be quick on this one because I want to get into Warcraft as well and hear what James <laughs> has to say. Because <laughs> Popstar's kind of – you have to watch it to um, – Really get into it. Comedies, so, but, comedies are always are always hard. Yeah. So uh, here's the trailer for Pop Star Never Stop Never Stopping. Ever since I was born, I was dope. Thirty-two people on his personal payroll. Sure, Connor surrounds himself with people who are agreeable. I'm a superstar. Connor, did you take a shit in the Anne Frank house? Do not go in there. Woo! Ace Ventura. This is my best friend, Maximus. He's like the closest thing I've ever had to like a little brother. If I had like a mute brother that was hella scaly. Connor's second album drops today. Out of four possible stars, Rolling Stone has given it the shit emoji. So mixed, let's call it mixed reviews. Mona Lisa, the original basic bitch. The record label's concerned about ticket sales. I heard he's getting into stage gimmicks now. Dude, what is this? That's your new head! Check this out. Mona Lisa, you're an overrated piece of shit. I feel that real showmanship has been lost in modern pop music. I'm trying a brand new magic trick. Top of the world! Connor, don't worry about it. You were up there for like 10 seconds. It's a third of the way to Mars. Connor, we've talked about this. 30 Seconds to Mars is the name of a band. It's not a fact. Ash and I have been hanging out for about six months now. She's the total package. Ashley Wednesday. Are those real wolves? Yeah. Is that a seal? And you invited the press. What's going on? Will you marry me? Yes. The wolves are loose! Are you okay? I've been in this situation before. I think I got these scars from wolves. Now let's get out of here. Oh, we oh killed Seal. He's dead. He's dead. Seal is dead. So um, I uh, I gave it four out of four turtles, and turtles <laughs> play an important part in the story. Uh, the essential story of the film is about Connor for real, who is a pop star who was part of a uh, boy band named the Style Boys. Um, but they broke up um, over differences, and um, one of the members now lives in Big Timber, Colorado, uh, farming, but you don't know what he farms until the very end. Um, spoiler alert, it's weed, <laughs> and, it's, and it's in a big reveal. Um, but he spends his time making wood wood furniture and wood sculptures. He's like, this is the award that I was supposed to win for writing all the catchphrases for Connor For Real's catchphrase song. Um and um, it's uh, directed by Yorma Tacconi and Akiva Schaefer. Um, this is one of those moments. Two thirds of the Lonely where, Island. <laughs> yep. Uh, Andy Samberg is the star, and they all three co uh, co wrote together. Um, this is my review. This is one of those moments where a movie captures a generation. And uh, <laughs> look, I'm acting like Connor for real in my review, but it's true. The film's a snapshot of current celebrity obsession is spot on thanks to the incredible or incredibad influence that Tacony Schaefer and Samberg brought into the project. It's not unsafe to say this is the millennial's spinal tap. Um, 
And that's high praise for me. Um, if you're able to entertain me as much as a silent ta- Spinal Tap can, then you're you're you know what I, you're I, good in my is, book. I haven't. I really want to see it. And one of the jokes I read about that made me laugh just reading it is Andy Samberg has a guy who's shorter than him, so he can always look like he's taller than he really. is. Oh yeah, is. his per- his perceptive or his perception uh, his perception security. Yeah, <laughs> is it? I feel like um, what I expect from the reason the reason why when I first heard about this movie I was like ah, I don't know that I care. Um, what I expect from a Lonely Island kind of movie is very, um, very irreverent and more like I don't know. Uh, there's no dude 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 like potty humor, right? If you know what I'm saying. Yeah. There's... Whereas what you just said, you just said Christopher Guest, and when I saw the first trailer, I was like, oh, this sort of seems like a Christopher Guest movie. Would you actually say that it is on par, or like, is it that same genre of satire? Um, because it's, I think that it's that's... it's a millennial spider spinal tap. Okay, Sp- cool. Spider tap. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm thinking oh, Spider Man. Right. Um, yes, which because I, I just want to see Civil War again, guys. <laughs> which I, I think is really cool because I, I the reason I'm asking that that pointed question is because I think that speaks to a different audience. Does, it, does that make sense? Right, like the people who go see Twenty One Jump Street aren't necessarily Christopher Guest fans. It's a millennial spinal tap. I'm going to keep saying that because <laughs> because it's you not think that's gonna, all you need to say. Because no, it's, it's like it's it's like I feel about Mel Brooks and Seth MacFarlane. No, it's not the same as Mel Brooks, but it's pretty damn close. It's like spiritually spiritually it is a Christopher Guest movie. Okay, but that's awesome. on the surface, it is a Lonely Island movie, so therefore, it is steeped in SNL culture, which means that this yes, there are there are potty jokes. Sure. Oh, I, know. I mean, dude, there, there, there are tons. Of there's potty a jokes. joke in Spinal Tap where the dude like wraps a cucumber and puts it in his pants, and everybody thinks it's a dick. Yep. Like, <laughs> I, I'm not saying you can't do that. No. Yeah. Um, um, I just think for me, Christopher Guest operates on a different level than SNL does, um, but. But I'm a big Christopher Guest fan. One of the one of the best performances in the film by far is Tim Meadows, um, who always seems to give one of the best performances in every movie he's in, um, and he plays their manager. And at one point, he's representing another rapper, uh, and uh, he just flat out yells at him, "I will eat your fucking face!" <laughs> <laughs> and I could not stop laughing. Right. It was it's wonderful. So I would cool. definitely check out Popstar and Never Stop Never Stopping. Awesome. Def- easily one of the this has been a good year for movies for me so far. Yeah. And this is definitely within the top 10 of the films that I would recommend this year. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. James, you went and saw Warcraft. <laughs> Are you going to recommend people to see Warcraft? I don't know. I don't think so. Um so this movie's really hard for me to talk about. And the reason is that I um I really enjoyed myself for basically the entirety of this film, which is bizarre because half of the movie is, if I'm completely honest, on par with Dungeons and Dragons or In the Name of the King, a Dungeons you're, and Tales. You're not telling, you're not selling me on this film, James. Right? No, I know. I, look, I already said no. I'm not recommending it. Half <laughs> of this movie is beautiful, well written, fascinating. A cool fantasy story that is unique. Um, you know, heavy or uh, Warcraft is basically like like a heavy metal version of the Lord of the Rings, right? Like, like it is this very heavy metal influenced fantasy world, um, and that part is really cool. Unfortunately, everything that's in CG is amazing, and everything that's in that's shot practically kind of cumbersome and doesn't look very good and the production values fall flat. 
Um, so it's it's hard for me to really recommend unless you're a big Warcraft fan, in which case you already saw this movie. Like unless you're somebody who comes to it and is like, oh, I have all this knowledge and I know all this lore already, and so I'm going to come into this movie because it's it's got way too much junk in it. If this were just a movie where orcs and humans fought, I'd be like, hell yes, everyone should see this movie. Um, but it's got too much stuff in it. So, no, I can't recommend it. The movie's already made enough money overseas that they're going to make a sequel, um, which I only care about because I want Blizzard to make enough money in movies that they'll make a StarCraft movie because that's the end game here for me. The end game is throw money at Blizzard until Blizzard makes a StarCraft movie. That's all I care about. Um, so, anyway, uh, that's... I, yeah, I guess so. So, here's it. Here's a trailer for Warcraft. That's really fucking long. Yeah. We've had peace in these lands for many years now. But one of our villages burned tonight. War is coming. An invasion. If we do not unite to fight this enemy... Our world will perish. Saving the world is not a one-man job. We fight together or we die together. You'll have me to protect you. I need no one to protect me. Well then. They're stronger. Be smarter. This war will destroy us all, but together, we might stand a chance. Whatever you plan to do, do it now! You have to understand, I don't know how to talk about this movie. Like, it's why I was frustrated because I was like, I need somebody who, who hasn't spent the last 20 years knowing about Warcraft and reading about Warcraft. Like, I know I can talk about Ner'zhul and Sargeras and characters who aren't in this movie um, but are in the peripheral of this movie. Um, so watching this movie, for me, I was like, oh, this is really awesome. Like, Gul'dan is here and there's all these characters that I really care about but they're not necessarily handled in the best way. Um, well, Gul'dan is, but anyway, Warcraft tells the story of... So in this universe, orcs, which we all know sort of what an orc is, right? They're big green monster dudes. Um, orcs actually come from another planet. That planet is dying. Um, they're being led by a guy named Gul'dan, who is this awesome like warlock dude who's super evil. Um... And he's possessed by this evil magic called the Fell. And if I've lost you, that's because you're most people. And this movie will lose most people in the first 10 minutes. Because um, there's a lot of exposition here. Um, so <coughs> Gul'dan uses his evil magic uh, by, by sucking the, the souls out of a bunch of people and using that to open a portal to... Like Shang Tsung? I don't know who that is. 
He's a Mortal Kombat boss who sucks the souls out of warriors. Yes. So Gul'dan is like an orc version of Shang Sun who <laughs> sucks the lives out of a bunch of people. And I'm not going to explain who those people are, but whatever, um, because this movie doesn't need to do that. Um, so he opens this portal to what you could say is like Earth, but it's a fantasy world, right? Um, and there's, then there's the humans there, and the humans, there's humans and, and elves and, and dwarves, and they've been living in peace for a long time. Oh, it's, so it's then, Lord of the Rings. Right, yes, yes, but, but heavy metal. Okay. Um, and so the orcs show up. They play guitars? <laughs> oh, oh, and so that's it. So, Frodo so Jam! <laughs> the, the orcs' planet is dying, um, and... Like Krypton? <laughs> yes, yes, exactly, yes. Um, the orcs' planet is dying, so they come to this other planet, but they're like, hey, we didn't have enough souls to bring through all of our people. Oh, like Scientology. So, right, exactly. <laughs> so, so the great Lord Xenu, Gul'dan, is like, hey guys, we're going to bring through a war party. This war party is going to go just kidnap as many of these humans as we can, and then I'm going to suck their souls out, and I'm going to use their souls to open up this portal permanently so the whole horde can come through, right? So those are the stakes. And the humans and the elves and the dwarves are like, ah, we got to fight these dudes, but we don't know what's going on. Um, ben Foster's there. Ben Foster I plays... Like ben Foster. Yeah. So Ben Foster plays this character that I've, I've loved my entire life almost, uh, named Medivh, who is this really powerful wizard um, who hangs out in this really cool tower. And when we meet him, he's making a golem in his free time because he can and uh anyway so this movie's got i've told you maybe maybe a third of the essential plot of this film right what i've told you is the only thing they should have told you they should have told you there's this bad guy named guldan who's really awesome uh the orcs come through a portal orcs and humans have to fight right but unfortunately, they, they tell you all of these other stories. There's this whole, there's this woman named Garona who is like half orc and half something else. And there's a lot to that. And I haven't told you anything about the king or any of the humans. Um, honestly, because all of the human storylines are not terribly well written and their armor looks like it came out of a Cracker Jack box, uh, which is really surprising because all of the orcs who are completely CG look amazing. And the performances of the orcs look amazing. Um, I mean, there are, there are entire CG characters at the beginning of this movie who have, like, a... Uh, there's this long scene between our, our main orc character, who's a guy named da- um, Dalaran, who... Uh, he, or no, not Dalaran, is a city. Uh, Duratan. Um, so Duratan and his wife, who's pregnant, have, like, this long, like, husband-wife conversation. And these are completely CG characters... Um, but you're laughing with them and you're really enjoying your time. And at this point in the movie, because the first 10 or 15 minutes is all orcs, um, at this point in the movie, I was in it. I was like, this is really great. Like, I'm really enjoying myself. Um, but as soon as you get to the, to the human side of the story, it's like, it's super convoluted. And then there's all this exposition about, oh, Medivh is the Guardian and then the Kirin Tor and like all this stuff that just feels like the people who wrote it, who live and breathe this this story um and it is it is actually a really awesome story um they didn't do what lord of the rings does which is take a step back and go look the characters are what is what's essential and in this first movie we just need to convince you that the universe is cool right all you really needed in this movie was there's some orcs and there's some humans and they're gonna fight right 
Um, but they just try to show you everything, and they try to give you these little glimpses of all these different stories. And it just gets boring at times. Um, so I saw it with Dan. Dan fell asleep for like five minutes. Um, now, he enjoyed most of it, but has some of the same complaints that I do. Um, but also has been a part of, like, he's like me, where he knows the Warcraft lore pretty well. Um, so it's just, it's really a struggle because if you, if you like the story already, if you already know Warcraft, you're going to watch this movie and go, like, this is really cool. Except for some of the stuff look, kind of looks cheap. I mean, some of the action scenes are really, really boring. Like, really lame. Like, the magic all seems very disjointed, right? But only on the human side. The action scenes with the orcs, like, you got these big dudes with these giant hammers running around just crushing fools. And it's awesome, right? Like, them running through the woods and fighting. And when they do fight with some of the, some of the human, like, knights and stuff like that, it looks really cool. The opening shot of this movie is beautiful. And... The opening shot of this movie is honestly exactly what I wanted. Like the, the the beginning shot is just this knight who looks very realistic, and he's standing in this this field, and it's this very like um, sort of uh, like tan. Yeah, everything is very tan looking. It's just a, it's a really pretty shot, um, and you never see the orc. The orc is you're like it's a first person view, and you're just moving around, and you feel like the tension of this fight about to happen, um, and it's just like this little teaser as they're telling you about the universe. Um, and that's a really beautiful section. Like Duncan Jones directs some of this fantastically. And there, there's even like these little snippets of scenes where, where, um, you'll get these characters to just sort of play off each other a little bit. Like there's one, there's one scene that where these two guys are sitting there and it starts with one of them, like throwing a rock at the other, right? And it's just playful in that way where like it gets you to like these characters Mm -hmm. in a really great way. But then when the story stuff happens and, very specifically, when the human side of the story happens, it's boring and the dialogue is stilted and it's just, it's, it's really frustrating um, because it does feel like somebody took this brilliant, big budget action movie and shoved it into a Nuva Bowl film. Um, and they contrast in the most terrible ways. Um, it's, it's awful. I and it, it's why I, I I struggle to like to say for sure that it's a bad movie because the orc stuff is so cool. I there's a there's a fight at the end between two orcs that honestly like I I recommend you see the movie just because that fight scene is so neat. Um, but at the same time, I don't I can't trust myself that I'm not bringing something to it mm-hmm. because I know those characters. Yeah, and I think what's happening is cool, right? I think that Dortan fighting with with Gul'dan, who Gul'dan is a character I've known for 20 years of my life, I think that's amazing. Like, ah, I'm getting to see this thing. Um, And I think the action scene is really cool, but I can't trust myself, you know? Um, What I know for sure is that everything having to do with the humans, especially the action scenes, is straight bad. Hmm. Um, And it's really, like, that part is just frustrating. Um, And I like... I've always liked Duncan Jones. I like Source Code. I ragged on Moon earlier because I don't think Moon is that great. Um, but I don't think it's his fault. I think it's... I think it is a script that has just too much of the lore in it. You know? Uh, I, I don't need Garona, uh, who's the woman I meant, the half-orc lady. I don't need her story. Um, honestly, I don't even need the king. Um, Anduin Lothar, who is the, really the main character, he's played by the guy who's in Vikings, does a great job, has a cool story in it. 
not always handled that very well, um, but still pretty cool. Like he's got a son who's also who's who's a soldier, and of course that kid ends up getting killed. Um, but the scene in which he gets killed, like, dude, the the scene at the end of episode one with the laser walls when Qui Gon dies, like that scene is better and makes more sense than the one in this movie, which says a lot. Um, I I don't know. It's a frustrating, weird movie that I enjoyed a lot and will buy the Blu-ray of. And I want them to make a sequel. I don't know. It's weird. Um, so, yeah. I rambled a lot. I don't think I helped anyone. <laughs> I, do you even understand I no what I said? What the fuck you just said. <laughs> right? You're special. special, man. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the map, Scott. <laughs> Give me the map, Scott! <laughs> that's, that's sort of my point. Was like I'm like, I... I need someone who isn't me to watch this movie I'll, and tell me that it's I'll bad. See it. I'll see it for you. Like I, yeah, like I need you to watch it and go like, oh yeah, James, I didn't know what the fuck was going on the whole time, and I'll be like, I know, right? But it was cool sometimes, right? And you'll be like, yeah, I don't know why it was cool, but it, I think it was cool. I want to see it just because Duncan Jones directed it. I, I really have no other vested interest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and after hearing that review, I have even less vested interest. Yeah, it's it's because Duncan Jones is a fan. Honestly, the movie would have done better if Sam Raimi had stayed on it. Because Sam Raimi doesn't know shit all about Warcraft, and he would have looked at the script and gone, you guys, you can't fucking make this movie, right? Like, Because right. he can take... I mean, you look at like uh, Oz the Great and Powerful, he can clearly take a weird, maybe, potentially convoluted script and go, no, this is the path through, this is the character we're going to follow, there are going to be little bunny trails along the way, but this is where we're going to end up, and emotionally it's going to pay off because of X. It's funny you say and, that, because that's the reason why Sam Raimi exited the movie. Right. And why Duncan Jones uh, said he didn't get it, is right. all, all the stuff you just said. Yeah, I, I think the movie would have been better with him. I, I think that Duncan Jones, because he is a fan... One of two things is true here. Either Duncan Jones is a fan, and so he doesn't see through how convoluted and painful this movie is for people who don't know the lore or Chris Metzen and the blizzard team are too in love with themselves and honestly have too much money and too much confidence. Um, and so they, they required certain things to happen in the movie. Um, cause it, it very, it, you know, it strays from the original story some, but it has way too much detail. I mean, this is like, the closest I can get to explaining this is this is like if you made Lord, the first Lord of the Rings and you put Tom Bombadil in that movie, mm. right? Like, mm. wh- why am I here? Like, no. All I need this movie to be is there is a ring. These Nazgul things are cool. Let's have a good fight scene at the end with some orcs. That's all that movie is, right? Like, there's some long exposition in there, but you're, we're going to get enough payoff that it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This movie has way too much Tom Bombadil. Right, way too many of those. Okay. Like, like if you if you had a long sequence where they explain who the bartender in in the in with the prancing pony is, I'd be like, yep, that's what this movie is. Um, it, yeah, it's just too dense. Um, so I I don't know. I'm really really looking forward to the sequel though. <laughs> it's gonna be cool. Goldan's gonna come back. So Jarrus and Nerzul. Nerzul's going to be in the movie. We don't know what you're talking about. I know. No. It, 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 don't worry. Don't worry. The first hour and a half of the sequel will explain it to you. <laughs> <coughs> hey, Ryan. Yeah. I've never seen The Conjuring, but you went and saw you The Conjuring 2. The Conjuring. Should people go see The Conjuring 2? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, here's the thing is 
James Wan is probably the greatest horror director ever. And I'm not, I don't say that lightly. Um, cause <coughs> wow. people might say something like Carpenter, but he's not really a horror film director. Right. Uh, yeah. he's, he's more he of a genre to, director. Yeah. He you just know. happens to have made some horror films. Yeah. Um, Sam Raimi, I wouldn't say is a horror director either. Right. Um, he, Wes Craven. Wes Craven's a horror. Director. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When I think, when I think of Wes Craven, I think of horror movies. Yeah. But here, here's the, here's the thing is. Uh, James Wan knows. So this movie, I-, I couldn't believe it, is two hours and twenty minutes long. Holy shit! Yeah, it seems like it's an hour. How do you entertain people with a horror movie for an hour I'll, for two hours what, and James, twenty minutes long? Play, play the trailer, and I'll talk about the Conjuring too. Okay. This is my home. Get out now. No, this is not your house. Now, what's your name? My name is Bill Wilkins, and I'm seventy-two years old. What do you make of that voice? Sounds confused. Do you see now? The voice on this tape is coming from an 11-year-old girl. They're calling it England's Amityville. There is a family that desperately needs our help. After everything we've seen, there isn't much that rattles either of us anymore. But this one, this one still haunts me. Does it feel like the voice is coming from inside you? More like it's coming from behind me. Like I'm being used. Janet, are you alright? Stop calling me Janet. She's such a good girl. What's there wrong with her? An oppressing spirit will try to force you to commit the ultimate sin. And what's that? Murder? Suicide? Or both? You believe us, don't you? Sensing a presence? I'm not sensing anything. All I can sense is their own fear. Honey, you're bleeding. What is happening? I had a premonition of your death. The family's just a pawn. Something inhuman wants to kill you. If we keep doing this, you're going to die. So here's the thing, James. Wait. I'm going to tell you something that's going to blow your mind. Okay, all right, all right. There is character beats in this movie where I was like, is this, is this a fucking horror film? Because oh, they let the characters be characters in it. I, I honestly couldn't believe it. So the, the overarching story is uh, – it's, it's the real-life quotes of <laughs> uh, the Warrens. And, and I mean there's obviously creative liberties here. But um, Ed and Lorraine Warren are real people. Who, uh, they're demonologists and they investigate hauntings or possessions for the church. They're actually agents of the church. I, I left out the far- fact that there are demons in the Warcraft movie too. I skipped uh, over that part of the movie. Yeah. Um, so what happens is, 
the opening of this film is uh it's actually the Amityville horror um Hmm. Or the Amityville Murders, I guess. It's not the Amityville Horror film. Really? So uh, that, That's how they got famous. That's how the Warrens got famous is, if you remember anything from the Amityville case... They explored the house first, right? Yeah. So what happens is the guy who murdered his family in there told police that a demon told him to kill his family. Okay. So they hired the Warrens to go in there and see if a demon hmm. killed the family. Um and so what makes James Wan so great is his camera is always moving, but it's moving that it's like on, um, it's not handheld panaglide panaglide. Thank you. So it's like panaglide constantly. Huh? So the camera's always moving and he has, sorry, I'm confused for just a second. Okay. Is this the story of the first conjuring or the second conjuring? It's like, you're just taking the case files of them. So, well, but you're explaining who the Warrens are. So both movies, both of the Conjurings are about the Warrens. Yes, yes, okay. yes. So they they start Vera Farmiga and uh, <coughs> oh, I'm in Patrick it. Wilson. Okay, great. So, uh, so it's a really effective opening. So they're talking about the Amityville case, and they hired the Warrens to see if there really was a demon inside the house. And so they do like this. Se- this film opens with a seance. And again, James Wan is so brilliant. So he takes the camera and it's moving across the table and it comes up to Vera Farmiga, who's playing Lorraine, and it stops on her. She opens her eyes and she's looking around and the camera moves around again. And the next time you see her, she's like outside the room and you see her in the room. So the camera in one motion follows her around and she's in a different spot. Hmm. And so then she goes upstairs and she's reliving these murders (coughs) and he does not... uh, so she's like having a vision into the past where exactly. she's watching. Like exactly. A, like, a, like in a Hannibal-esque way. Exactly, yes. Yeah. So she's going upstairs and uh, she's basically inhabiting the son who murdered his mom and dad and his uh, two brothers and sister. And so she goes up there and it, it, you don't know this at the beginning. You're just watching her and she's like looking in the room and the father has a gunshot wound to his back and the mom... Uh, is just sitting there and does this weird, really quick cut, and it, she turns like, "What are you doing?" And she cocks this fake gun and blows the mom away, uh, but in this really like supernatural kind of cut. And then she walks across the room. This is still Vera for me. Yeah, and she walks across the house into the bedroom of the two little boys, and she cocks the gun again. She doesn't have it, but then you see her pull the trigger, and it shoots the one little kid. Then she shoots the other one, Ooh. and then she walks across the mirror, and in the mirror is the reflection of the guy murdering him. Ooh. Yeah. And she walks into another room, and she pulls the trigger and shoots the little girl in the head. Oh. And she walks around, and she's, like, trying to figure it out, and she sees this, like, uh, nun, like, start walking down the stairs. Oh, no, I'm sorry, a little boy, who, one of the murdered kids. So she starts walking down the stairs, and when she gets to the basement, this is, this is how James Wan is so brilliant. So he puts... Uh, Vera Farmiga in the foreground, but in like the right hand corner of the screen. So if you've seen enough horror films like I have, you're waiting for something behind her. Uh You know, you're waiting for those beats, but he doesn't do it. He lets it breathe. He lets it sit there. He lets it sit there. And then she just moves. Nothing happens. Yeah. She moves to a mirror like, oh, she's going to pull down the mirror and something. She pulls down the mirror. Nothing. So then she looks around. She looks back at the mirror. Then you see like this little shadow move in the mirror. So she stops, and the camera again, panaglides, nothing there, comes back, nothing there, 
comes back, nothing there, comes back, nothing's there. And then she's, she hears something, she turns to her right, and it's like her husband and his neck breaks. And then she turns, and then the demon's there, and she like snaps out of her seance. And uh, so she... I'm afraid to hear anything else. I'm really going <laughs> to movie now. Exactly. So, she, so they leave that place, and then they spend about the next 30 minutes with this family in England, where uh, this little girl named Janet is... Uh, getting in trouble at school for smoking and their dad just left. It's really important that you know the dad left. Damn it, Janet. So, so the, so the dad leaves. Um, you never see him leave. It's just implied, you know, they don't spend time on it, sure. but it, it takes another 30, 40 minutes before the Warrens show up again. Hmm. And they let these, you like this family and it's just a bunch of kids, you know, um, the mom's arguing cause she doesn't have any money and she has to work. Um, the dad left them and she slowly starts being, um, terrorized by a spirit maybe she they don't know um and then you cut back to the warrens and uh uh lorraine is being tormented by this demon Hmm. and this is james one is so brilliant so the scene before you see ed warren painting that nun demon and so she doesn't want to tell him that he she had this vision that them have the same demon because she's seeing a vision of his death Mm -hmm. um so he makes this painting and uh, you don't hear anything of it. And then uh, they cut back to the family in England and they're just getting like these, oh, the bed shook, you know, just little things. Cuts back to the Warrens and uh, Lorraine Warren's reading her Bible and her little daughter is making bracelets. And you see this like thing pass in the background. And uh, her daughter gets up because uh, Lorraine is just reading her Bible and she goes out in the hallway and it's quiet. And then you hear her say, mom, mom. And she gets up and she goes out and she's like, who is that? And it's that fucking nun demon. And so <laughs> it goes into like, it's that fucking nun demon. It goes into, uh, I'm really explaining this movie. I just do yeah, it. I know you are. I just do it. So it, it, cause this is a horror film that's building characters. Right. So she goes into the office and uh, James Wan is so brilliant. So and the fucking nun demon is so there. She goes in there and you see in black, just the white face of this demon. Mm. And in my theater, people are like, <gasps> Because you know something's going to happen. And then she turns on the light. Oh, it's just the painting. And so she, so she walks farther and then like the lights just blow out. And then the shadow of the nun starts falling across the room and goes behind the painting. And then it's like hands wrap around. It's fucking great. It's oh. so what? Anyways, so then they end up being asked by the church to go to this family in England to see if it's a hoax. Because people are thinking it's a hoax. This little girl is like uh, having... Uh, an episode she might be a schizophrenic she's having a breakdown because their father left mm. and um so they need the warrants to go there not to get involved but they want them to observe because they're familiar with this stuff and the warrants actually have <laughs> gone to places like this is a hoax this is stupid yeah you know they're using blah 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 so uh, their uh their father said hey not their little father their church father said go there for us let's see if it's real so they're going there observing and they don't buy it right away no matter what's happening to this little girl, all this evidence they have, they have a picture of her levitating, but it looks like she's just jumping off her bed. Uh, the Warrens didn't take it. It's the people that were there before them. Yeah. And they said, I don't know, you know, what she's saying. I- I'm not sure. Um, it's not making a lot of sense, but it could just be schizophrenic. And then they let these characters breathe more. And uh, they said, well, we used to love listening to Elvis. And our dad took all our Elvis albums. So... The next scene is the Warren saying, you know, they might, the Janet might be making this up with the ghost or spirit in their house, but isn't our job to help families? You know, we need to help mend them. So 
they go and they bought an Elvis Blue Hawaii and they were going to play it for him, and, but their record player doesn't work. So Patrick Wilson says, oh, is that your guitar? He sits down and starts playing um, Why Do Fools Fall in Love? Yeah. And it has a scene where the kids start singing in and the mom starts crying. And then he looks at Vera Farmiga and starts singing it to her and she starts crying. I'm like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> like, it's this really touching scene yeah. about the Warrens helping this family because they can't cope with their father being gone. Yeah. And maybe she's lashing out because of that. And so the whole film is, is what happened to them real? Yeah. Are they, is this little girl lying? Is, is she lying about what's happening? Yeah. Is she making voices in her mouth? Because they even have this one point where they record her uh, with the man's voice, but she doesn't want to be looked at. So they say, okay, put water in your mouth so we can see if you're making the voice or not. And she says, well, he won't talk to me if you're looking at him. So uh, they turn away. And then the voice comes, but James Wan shoots in a way where uh, the little girl's out of focus. You can see like a spirit going behind her. Really brilliant. But so, you know, obviously does the voice and then they turn back and she spits out water and then they have a conversation like, well, she could have just taken another drink when she was done and then spit it out. So they play on, is this real or not? Yeah. And are you going to you know buy this story or not? So it, I'm not going to spoil the ending of the movie, um, but what's impressed me most is the wonderful directing style um, the sound design and treating this movie seriously and not, Oh, it's a horror movie with lots of jumps. Yeah. Of course there's jumps and it's a, it's a haunting movie, but at the same time, I mean, I'm watching a movie where a dude singing, why do fools fall in love? Making these kids happy again because their whole point is for their family to be together. Yeah. And they're thinking maybe if we do this, the hauntings and quotes will stop right. and the family can get back to being normal. Yeah. And it's just a wonderful scene. And uh, seeing it, and actually the score in the movie is fantastic. Mm. Um, they have this like happy theme at the end. Um, I won't tell you what happens at the end, but um, Patrick Wilson has this great little scene with Janet where she talks to, um, because no one believes her that she's being possessed. Mm. So she asks both Lorraine and um, Ed the same question, and they both kind of give the same answer. And. Um, Ed talks about how his father didn't believe him, but he started wearing a crucifix around his waist because he knew if he always had God and he believed in God that he could get through anything. And it's okay if no one else believes you. If you believe in your heart that something's true and you want to help people, that's what you do. And that's why I wear this crucifix. And at the end of the movie, he uh, gives it to Janet and he says, you just have to promise me when you get older that you give it to somebody else who needs help. And it's just like this scene that you're like, am I watching a fucking horror film? No, it's like a drama with horror elements around it. That's awesome. Yeah, so it's it's a great movie. Uh, the Conjuring one is really great too. Um, the only thing it doesn't have, The Conjuring is really famous for like this hand clapping scene mm -hmm. where yeah. they're playing hand clap. It doesn't really have one of those scenes, but I would trade that scene for the scene of him playing guitar and singing <laughs> it to the family, yeah. trying to mend the family any day. Um, because you don't see it in horror films. You don't see a horror film that's two and a half hours long that lets people be characters. Yeah. You know, because at the end, it's about the love of Ed and Lorraine. It's really interesting. Huh. It's really... And it it ends in a place you don't think it would end. You always expect, like, a jump scare, something stupid to happen at the end. Yeah. Nope. Wow. It ends with them dancing. Oh. To Elvis. That's cool. All right. All right. I, I don't know that that's, you've... That's not the end of the haunting story. No, yeah. But I that's know. the end of the Ed and the Rain story, and I like right. it. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know if I convinced you, but I will say that there's character moments that will surprise you in this film. Yeah, I mean, it's still it's one of those things where it's like you also gave me a whole lot of horror movie, and I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's the part I don't I don't like. Yeah, but but that sounds really good. Yeah, it's um, you certainly could, and I I don't worry. I left out about forty minutes of horror in it, right? Because I one I don't want to spoil it for people. Oh, totally. Um, I I think at the very least you convinced me that your your argument that James Wan is the best horror director of all time is very well founded. Yeah, um, he might not be, or at least you made you made a pitch that 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 plays on my sensibility. I guess I should course, say right? he has the foundations for being the greatest horror film director of right. all time. Yeah, because he takes elements that you wouldn't expect. I even think his first movie was Saw. And yeah. I think the first Saw is actually a really great piece of cinema because it, it's way different than anything that came before it. I and mean, except for Seven, which is a whole lot better, but yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, not going to get into that argument. Yeah. not going to get into that argument. Uh, it's just, it's just but yeah, if you... Uh, I, I know, I know uh, Zach was latching onto the horror elements because the way he shoots it, that opening scene in Amityville is... <coughs> Pretty oh, terrifying. It sounds That's amazing. I, so is that what they were thinking of when they were saying this is the Avengers of Conjure, uh, of, of horror films? Yeah, where they're like, because they they mention all these real life cases. Exactly, and stuff. exactly. Because oh. it's yeah, it's. Because that's the one, and this is why I like The Conjuring 2 too, is that's the one everybody wanted them to do. They wanted them to do the Amityville, and mm. they decided to do a different one, and it tells a more intimate story. Yeah. Because the Amityville is sensational. I mean, it's about a dude who murdered his family and said he was possessed by a demon. Right. So that's sensational. You get one. Well, they said this one is the most documented paranormal activity ever. I've never heard of it, um, but uh, it's fascinating. Yeah. Um, and there's lots of horror elements I left out, and there's some really chilling moments in it. Um, mm. Because at the same time, if you're you know if you're going in that this young woman is making this up of what she's doing, she needs help, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, that's where the Warrens come in. Said so maybe she needs to turn to something else besides that. And I think that's too why you know Ed. Warren was giving her the crucifix and saying, hey, you know, you might not have all the answers, but seek the answers that you need help with. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a really fascinating um, story wrapped in a in a horror film. Yeah. Um, and it does. There's some horror elements. I'm like, eh. But when it's effective, it's super effective. Uh, is there any I mean, you know, it's, it's funny because you sort of touched on this to be at the beginning. But is there anybody other than your big ones like a George Romero who really stays in horror for their whole career, right? No. Like James Wan, though, though he's doing something. He different. did. Well, he had Furious Seven. That's true. And he's doing Aquaman next. Yeah. But he he said after when he was doing Furious Seven, he didn't know if he's ever going to do a horror film again. But no. he went back because I think he knows how to tell the stories. Mm-hmm. And like I said, he, well, and these are obviously him doing something different, right? Like he's not just doing. Oh saw, yeah. Right. It's not just like hey, I'm, we're going to murder people, and you, you know, know even. From Conjuring and Conjuring Two are way different. Mm-hmm. I mean, he uses the same kind of camera techniques, yeah, uh, and that's you know his style. It's like I could pick out a Sam Raimi camera movement right out of anywhere, and that's his style, and it works well. But like I said, he keeps things the beats that you expect out of lesser directors, where it's just oh jump scares, jump scares, and this is why I like Scott Derrickson too. Is you can have jump scares, but you have to time them different for people like me, right? Where I know where to expect them, right? So like I said, you put. Vera Farmiga in the bottom right hand corner and behind her is nothing but black and like silhouettes. Yeah. You expect something to come out. But when you don't deliver, the time when she's in the room and that demon's behind her, it works. Right. Um, and like I said, even then, he, he faked you out too. It's like, oh, that's the painting. 
Yeah. But there's something terrifying of her following a shadow going all the way across the room to that painting and wrapping its hand around its painting and coming through the painting. Yeah. Mm. Like there's something effective about it. And I think, I think someone like that, I would love to see, have an opportunity on a Friday the 13th, Mm -hmm. give it some pedigree, give it some, a different look because if you're, I love Friday the 13th, but you're applying to the lowest common denominator of horror where you're just having some dude walk around murdering people, put in somebody's hands. Who's talented filmmaker who will change the beats of the film. Um, I think that's why his Conjuring films have worked so well because the first one too, he doesn't play by the rules. He doesn't amp up it at the end. He amps it up in a certain way, but it's not just uh, like the Paranormal Activity movies. They always drove me crazy because it'd be like, oh, a ball goes across the room. And then the next night it's two balls go across the room. (laughs) You know what I mean? He, the most terrifying scare of this movie probably happens about 50 minutes into the movie. Hmm. Because he's playing on the fact that this might not be real. You yeah. might just be seeing a girl who wants attention. Yeah. And there's her partner. Yeah, like he's, he's setting up, hey, sometimes this is real. Exactly. I'm going to show you a case where it's real. Exactly. And then after that, we're going to tell a story where maybe it's real, maybe it's not. Exactly. And the tension just will build naturally out of that. Exactly. That's what I mean. That's he, cool. He, it's not just A to B. It, right. He goes into different places. And like I said, that scene where he's uh, Patrick Wilson singing is maybe my, one of my most favorite horror film scenes of all time. Mm. because the context and the emotions and the depth that it, and the layers it had in that one scene sold me on the whole freaking film. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I love Vera Farmiga, so yeah. Mm-hmm. And Patrick Wilson. Yeah. Patrick Wilson's great. They're great. Um, who did the, did, who did the insidious movies? He did. Oh, okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. He did the first one. I oh, okay. He did, he the, did the second I only, one. I only did saw the, the second, second one. one too. Yeah. Lila went all directed the third. That's one. right. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah, I think I saw the second one. Yeah, the second we, one's okay. We reviewed one of them. Yeah. And that's the only one I <laughs> the saw. The second one's okay. Um, but he's still, again, he's a great director. So um, um, I guess his Aquaman should be fun. Fast and Furious 7, the third best Fast and yeah. Furious movie. Yep. <laughs> the Rock picks up a huge machine gun <laughs> that came out of it. Daddy's got to go to work. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's what we saw this week. Sorry, that's really long Conjuring Two explanation, but I really had to get those character moments in it. No, dude, it's okay. Um, Yours was more interesting than mine. And like I said, ramblings. I left out all the horror stuff, pretty much. Yeah. So um, yeah, the parts that you would not care about. So let me ask you this: Do you think I would like this movie? And I know that's a really tough question because I've I've I honestly surprised I would, you before. I would say no. Okay. But I think you would appreciate the character moments in the movie. Okay. That's actually my gut feeling as well. Yeah. 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 Because I think when it gets to the horror part, I think that's what it, when it will lose you. Yeah. That's what I'm going to sit there and be like, fuck this. I hate this. But I hate there's, this. I mean, I will say my, the most. Not, f- for the record, not because it doesn't work for me. No. It works really well on yeah, me. I sit in those horror movies and I'm like, fuck this. I'm so uncomfortable. See, this is so terrible. What's cool, this is what cool James Wan does too. So there's a little boy in it who has a speech impediment. And his sister, Janet, helps him get over it with this really creepy, uh, I don't even know what they're called, but they like have the paper in them. They spin around and animates like it's a lamp. Oh, uh, oh, fuck, 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 fuck. Um, um, it's not a call to fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> I'd buy it if it was. Yeah. But anyways, it, it recites this poem called The Crooked Man. It's like, Zillotrope. There you go. Zillotrope. Yes. yes. I mean, oh. knew someone would find it. So the Crooked Man uh, walked to his crooked house. and yes. had. You know it. I know the crooked man. So it's this really creepy thing. It is really creepy. And so uh, that's the horror element in it is. It's just the the manifestation of 
the crooked man is it real i don't know oh weird well i mean i do know but is it (laughs) but that's that's the emotions they play with because i mean they have a scene where they use that terrifying story for janet to teach her little brother billy to get over a speech impediment yeah because it's hard it's like a rhyme it's hard for him to say right and you know it's just little things like that so when the boy is terrorized by the crooked the man. Cro- by the crooked man in quotes yeah is it so it's playing on your emotions because yeah. he he finds comfort in that but what happens when you something you find comfort into attacks you yeah or does it attack him yeah cool yeah all right uh next week we're totally switching gears we'll be seeing finding dory yeah uh, I can't some, wait for some, that. Sometime in our, in our schedule with Denver Comic Con. Yeah, we will be at Denver Comic Con. We will have a new booth all set up. and It's really exciting. Looking nice. I'm really excited for this year. Uh, so it'll be very fancy. Um, make sure you stop by and say hi. I'm sure a lot of our listeners will be there. Um, yeah. Cool. That was a long episode. Yeah, yeah. We had three movies to review. You did. So ah, see you at Denver Comic Con. And um, until yeah. next week, bye. 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 Suck my balls. Nebulous Visions Multimedia Production. We would also like to thank Sparks Mandrill for our music. Additional music from Ben Sounds. Thank you to Alamo Drafthouse. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. And thank you for listening to the Real Nerds Podcast. <laughs>